My name is Thomas Proffitt. I'm a filmmaker based outside Philadelphia, PA, and I'm looking to create a life for myself writing and directing films. On this podcast, I give my take on things as well as interview friends, filmmakers, and interesting folks about just about anything. You can find the full podcast catalog at ProfitableProductions.com backslash podcast. Profitable is spelled like my name with two F's and two T's. You can also find clips from my episodes there as well as my films. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Tom Profit Take. Tom Profit Take 10 with Jamie Root and uh, today's today's guest Jamie Root. She's a cinematographer, editor, screenwriter, filmmaker, and many other things. She's also CEO and founder of JFR Media and has many projects under her belt, uh, including my personal favorite, Densmore, which we'll probably get into at some point. Here is Jamie Root. And do you have anything else you want to add or or change about the intro no that's a lot of titles jeez i don't know i, I mean i think that's apt that seems like a good uh introduction I mean, yeah it makes sense it's just i never realized i had so many titles behind my name <laughs> well so um we were just talking about um i tagged my friend in your your post uh for like like headshots because i was like oh she needs headshots she told me and then i tagged her and then i because i tagged her i went to her profile and saw my headshots that I done done for her like a month or so ago, and I was like, oh. And the reason I brought that up was because she has like a very similar hat in, in the pictures or something. So uh, oh yeah, the hat. Yeah, yeah. She was like, she it, it looked like uh we were doing um it was like a cover album cover for like a a country singer or something. Con yeah, I guess I can see a country or, singer or a witch. Yeah. Or, I yeah, yeah I, I prefer witch. Yeah. Versus you're, you're very here. you're a very uh, horror film person. I guess you, yeah, I guess that makes sense then. Yeah, because micro horrors, which I wanted to get into at some point. Oh, yeah. How wait, how did that get started? So, micro horrors. I so I love uh, short horror films. Mm -hmm. They're pretty. They can be produced pretty inexpensively, and you can tell a good story in a short amount of time. And during quarantine, um, we made a short film that was about 60 seconds mm -hmm. and i was like how cool would it be for people to like be able to submit like their 60 second films horror films to this instagram page mm -hmm. um i had i had plans for it but then things picked up and it's kind of hard to maintain now what, what were your plans with that just to have it be like a feature page for mm -hmm. for um creators and filmmakers so that they they can be constantly creating and coming up with like you have to be creative yeah. in order to tell a, a horror story in 60 seconds i mean yeah yeah i i, I saw that and i was like oh that, that seems like a good idea it, it was one of those things where i was like having trouble coming up with ideas at the time and then i saw that and i was like and then i, I watched a youtube video about celestial horror films or something that not many people have been able to do them and i started trying to think of one um granted the thing i ended up coming up with wasn't really that but it ended up that just kind of sparked the wanting to do one and i was like eh, fuck it we'll do uh right yeah. yeah i mean it challenges you it's yeah. good i had another one i had another idea do you want to hear it yeah sure so basically um like shot like i can go through the shot list so it starts off on a shot of an old house and uh, i have the, i have the house in mind for this i have to ask if we're able to use it um basically old house car comes up well i'm going to try to do this from your perspective car car, car pulls up cut to inside inside the hatch of the car and then or the truck or whatever and then it opens up and the person's a, a well the person is there um male or female and then basically uh 
they're just looking in what's inside the car cut to reverse shot or, or over the shoulder shot of what's in the car it's a bunch of film equipment they're a filmmaker they've been they just came home from a shoot um there's like a camera like a tripod see stands under this under the tripod and and all sorts of stuff like a bag and so they grab a bunch of the stuff and then the camera lingers on the tripod for a moment and then pan tilts notice i said pan tilt because some people just say pan um up to like the person walking away and basically uh uh, the, like they're walking to the house and then cuts it inside the house then putting equipment down cut back out to um, the car um, same shot inside and then they notice something's missing and so cut reverse shot see that the, everything's there except for the tripod cut back to like inside the car they're like okay I guess I brought it in they bring the rest of the equipment in they go inside put the equipment down and then we have a dolly shot I have a dolly over there um, basically like the camera's on the dolly and then we'll it, we're in the kitchen and it moves backwards and pans with the person coming in and you know the lin- there's gonna be blue light like moonlight coming through the windows and everything and they turn the light on and when they turn the light on we notice that the tripod's in the house and so then they come into the fridge or something get whatever they need to eat all that and then and when they're doing that the fridge or them obscure the tripod in the background they close the door of the fridge once they get what they need tripod's gone and then when they go down into the kitchen again they see that a red light coming from the end of the hall wasn't on before and uh they go to start walking down and we'll, we'll reverse shot between that like tripod or the, the 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 dolly coming backwards with them walking towards the camera have music build and uh, intercut that with the tri- like the dolly shot of it going towards what's in the hallway and there's a tripod at the end of the hallway they get to the tripod and then basically there's a note and cut to insert like insert shot of the note and it's like we can't see what it says but they grab it and then show their expression as they're grabbing it and then cut to the note and it says we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty <laughs> oh my god and, and then they just throw down the, the tripod and that's it <laughs> that that ending that's really great I, I think we could do it in a minute i think you could do that in yeah. a minute for sure yeah. yeah you just have to keep the pacing wow you might have to just be careful with your shots so that you yeah. have that that's what's tricky about uh, yeah. a horror that, was a, that took seconds. up way too much time i pro- I, sh- I should have pitched that to you later but anyway it's all good it's all good um but no that was uh that was an idea i had um we might do that um usually i ask like an easy question to begin with but i already started we already started talking um like how did we link up or, or how do we meet well, this is our first time you know, actually meeting but in person yeah um I think it was through Instagram, right? I, just from mutual, mutual or or Facebook, I, some sort of social yeah. media. Um. So I think, well, yeah, I think, um, well, I, I first became aware of Eric and yours, your work back when, um, I was working on, um, my, uh, Rebecca's film, um, Happily Married. I was doing right, sound yeah. and behind the scenes photography for that. And Eric was in that one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I love the picture where he's like dressed up as a, a home invader and, and, and then Ashley's like showing him a picture on the phone. <laughs> and he's just pointing at it like it's like showing your robber and <laughs> The <meme>. BTS. <laughs> the BTS photos are the best. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, um, I was so I I'd done that. Um, and then I I meant to message Eric at some point after that. Something about I, f- I forget what. And I saw he messaged me before. And I was like, wait, whoa, there was a long message from him before. I didn't, I never read, remember reading it. I read it. It was like a very long, thoughtful message. He had seen my film Rusty Spade and said, hey, dude, uh, you know, I'm, I, I saw your film Rusty Spade, all this, you know, I, I'd love to work with you sometime. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a mutual friend of, of Rebecca Curtin. And I'm like, wait, how did I not, 
I don't know. I thought I never read this. Like, like I usually remember things, but I, I must, I realized I must have read it back when I was like going through like, it was a really stressful time after I finished Rusty Spade. And then I was just, I was, that film just took it out of me. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess I was also right afterwards getting ready to do something else. And that I was just, you know, when you're doing films and you're just, you're using every ounce of brain energy yeah. capacity. Yeah. And yeah, so that's what happened. And I think I, I must have opened the message, but I was busy with something and not read it and thought I, because it was read that I never, I don't, I don't even know how that, that's possible for me. That happens a lot to me, actually, like messages yeah. and, and comments and whatnot slip through the cracks, especially because if I'm, I'm a little OCD. So like I have to clear the notifications so I don't have mm -hmm. red notifications on my phone. Yeah. But then I, I don't actually like pay attention to what the notifications are. <laughs> and then I, I, things just slip through the cracks and I've missed, yeah. I've, I've missed a lot of messages and comments and stuff. And it's no, it's my OCD, everybody. I'm not, I'm not ignoring anyone. No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm OCD at a lot of things. So yeah, I know what you mean. Um, real quick, like talk about OCD. I'm going to actually fix your camera. <laughs> I need this. There's too much headroom. Uh, I noticed that earlier, but I was just kind of like going with it. Oh man, this looks so different without a hat on. Yeah, I did, I did that for me when I, I sat in the chair earlier. So. Oh, because you're much taller than yeah. I am. And I'm. I, like, I, I adjusted it perfectly for me. So yeah. Um, okay. So that. Does that seem better? That seems a little bit better. I think yeah. so, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, what's that sound? Oh, it's the phones. Turn on airplane mode because what that is, did you hear that sound? It was like... Yeah. Was, yeah, so I have... The, I've always heard that sound, but I've found from podcasting, it's whenever you have a phone near it because it's the signal it's giving off. Got you. Okay. Even if... It's on airplane even, mode. Even if you put it here, or no, here, like it's it's... It can hear it. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's on airplane mode. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, but so um, you recently did a project where you you acted in it, directed it, and edited it. Uh, how how was that? And and because uh, you mentioned that on the phone, uh, how was that? And have you done that before? So I have not done that before, actually. Um, yeah. Not to this degree, at least. I mean, I've done like little funny things during quarantine, but not something that was actually like serious and like shot professionally mm -hmm. um that was intimidating because yeah. i don't act typically i mean in this project i was playing myself so it was a little easier because I, I didn't really have to do much acting yeah. in a sense but yeah i give actors a lot of credit there's a, there's so much that you have to be aware of like where's the camera and where are you in relation to the camera and what's your frame and yeah eye lines and, and then knowing your lines and everything it's yeah it's a lot um and i don't typically like to work with people that <laughs> i shouldn't say that you say whatever. If, if, if it's bad I'm, if it's bad we'll cut it out no it's not bad i Wait, just real quick i want to move this down just so you're not we're not covering your face too much that works, that works okay um no i'm just like i'm very skeptical about working on projects where sorry keep talking keep talking where there's a direct <laughs> the director is acting in it because yeah it's a yeah it's a sh shit show it's a disaster because they're either really good at acting or really good at directing or not really good at either and it's just it's hard to be 100 percent on both of those and directing is so involved that it's like how can you be on screen while you're directing that's why it's so the the last this is this cop sketch i'm doing that's why there's a bunch of cop uniforms over here um i'm basically like this is probably the last one of the last 
No, I don't even know if that's true. It's I'm, I plan to like make a shift after this sketch, this cop sketch, where, where we have to finish shooting on the seventeenth. Um, I'm ha- planning to like lean away from acting so much in my sketches. I mean, it's fun because it's a sketch. It's I, I call it a sketch because then I don't have the pressure of it being a film. Mm-hmm. But you know, I do take it seriously. Like we we do it until we do the takes until it gets we get it right. Um, but it's so hard to get it right when you're focused on um, your own performance and and you have to be fully immersed in it in order for it to be a good performance. Like when I'm acting like I'm and it, I don't really, I don't like I, whenever somebody calls me an actor, I don't, I'm like, eh, eh. I mean, I just I, I'm a person who likes to do acting sometimes like that's but, uh, you know, it's I you're fully immersed and I you know, I'm, you're you're just you're you're consumed by it. And you have to be and you have to give in. You have to just give yourself up to that in order to um, do well with it. And as a result, I forgot to start the timer on that. But uh, as a result, you uh, you you your brain is limited. You are limit. You're, you're like it's like having 100 percent brain capacity. Um, and then you you use you'll use you can either use 100 percent of it. So you have a great performance or 80% of it. So you can spend 20% of that, that brain, you know, brain power directing, directing. right. Cause you have to come out of it. And, 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 and then you're only spending 20% on directing. Yeah. And like it's... when I did feeding the fire, this, this first film I ever acted in, which was like the first film in five years I directed, I was like, I, I, I there was little, literally there were small things where I, it, you know, it, it kind of made a big difference but it was like so small, I didn't notice it. I wish somebody else noticed it. Like at one scene where I we we decided to use the entire take for the scene as just a one take for the scene because it went so well. And and it, I I found myself loving just letting things play out. And and when you cut like a wide shot to coverage, and it it starts to distort the performance in a way like you're you're cut you're cutting to a different performance and it feels with a different as a different flow to it and usually if you're directing you can focus on that but if you're acting and directing it's hard to do that um but i there was a water bottle in front of my friend's mouth for the one shot and we still we ended up leaving it sorry i'm spit. oh my god <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry um i didn't notice if you didn't say anything uh, i would have not even noticed. gosh I, why do i notice everything um <laughs> so i might adhd um basically uh like there was it's just a water bottle in front of his mouth in the one shot but it's just it's so it's jarring for some people including myself now when somebody pointed it out but nobody noticed it on set because we're using a dslr camera at the time and the screen's so fucking small we didn't have like a monitor or anything but yeah it's just like little small things like that 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 add up and they go unnoticed yeah um but yeah uh i like my next sketch i plan to do I'm going to actually do the first like this is going to be the first time since I did my film Rusty Spade where I'm going to just where I'm going to do a bunch of prep work with this book that I don't know if you've ever heard of this directing actors. Um, I, no, I, I don't know that. One. I highly recommend it. Like I I use that book. There's exercises that in that book where when you do them. It first gets you going through the you, you it puts you has you go through the entire script and do a bunch of writing about what your your first impressions are. And and has you like paraphrase them and and ask questions and figure out what's what's the meaning behind what you think is going on or or what you're not understanding, and then you gradually go through again and do other things and then until you finally arrive at basically going through it 
but now taking what looking at the notes you had what you think it's the scene should be about or could be about and then figuring out how do you translate that to actionable direct directions kind of like action verbs or objectives or backstory or um, just little things that that actually get an actor to act versus um, sometimes act you know like if you tell like an actor be sexy well if they think they're being sexy and then they're not and you tell them that they're shut down oftentimes because well their version of sexy doesn't work so they're not going to be able to play the scene but if you tell them i want you to seduce this character and if that doesn't work you give them another direction it's kind of similar or it gets to the similar point you want but and, and if you do the prep work with that book you have it like I, f I found um whenever i've done use that book and it takes like you like i spend an hour per page of the script like doing that prep work like an hour good hour of actual creative energy and what happens is like when you're on set, if you don't do it, you're like intimidated as all fuck. Like you're like, what do I say to this person? What, how do I get them to do what I want them to do? And you hear directors talk about even, you know, well-known directors. So like, I don't like I they're like so focused on casting the right person. And yeah, that is important. Um, but even when like, you cast the right person, you're still going to be in the situations where you need to know what to say to get them to have the performance. Right. You you go through that. And you, you re if you do that as exercises, you show up on set and they ask a question that normally would stump you. I had question, I had answers for every question that I was ever asked on any film I've ever used that on. Any question, like I would, even if I didn't answer it in prep work, the answer came to me if I thought about it. It just, it just did. And it's like, oh, you know, it's like, it's really, the way to describe it, you're laying fertilizer and you are, and you're, it's basically creating a foundation that of that where ideas can grow and spring forth and, and, and sprout. You know, it's it's just that's the only that's the way I would describe it. And, and ever since I started using that book, I'm like, I'm never really intimidated again by by trying to get a great performance with someone I'm working with, you know. Um, so I plan to st I, I, I've, I have not used that with my sketches, though. I, last time I'd, I'd use that was uh, my film Rusty Spade and. Uh, I plan to use that again because recently I watched it with some people like we were, we were at a screening party and they were like they're there. I was going to show them a comedy sketch. But then because we were well, they were asking if anybody had anything to watch, and I was like, oh, another, I have a comedy sketch because um, um, we just watched one. And then they saw our friend Kevin, who was that was he was in the film. We were, were just screening and everybody's like they've been drinking. They're like, Kevin, Kevin, play the video with Kevin. I'm like, ah, this, this film gives me PTSD. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> but everybody like responded really well. They're like, that was a piece of theater. I'm like, oh, yeah, yes. You know, like when you do something and you just have this like idea of like, oh, it was, you think it's worse than it was, but it's like, I, I, I just, after that, I was like, I got to do that again with the, the, the performances. I got direct. Sorry. I'm, I'm taking up so much time, but, um, <laughs> I realize I'm, I'm like reminding myself we got one hour and 30 minutes. Oh, shit. It's going to be the uh, so. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, that's what I do with that. And uh, yeah, if, I'll recommend that book afterwards if, you, if you're. Yeah, interested. definitely. I'm, I'm interested in that. But uh, Densmore, let's get into that. Um, let's we talked about this a bit. Um, what where did that how did that spring forth? Densmore came about because uh, in in 2016, I went on a road trip around the country and I stopped 
at Densmore in Kansas, which is a it's a um, unincorporated town. Mm-hmm. So it's basically is virtually abandoned. Yeah. And my family owns property out there for some reason. Um, so when I went out there, it's like a dystopia. So I was mm-hmm. like, this would be perfect for a horror film, like yeah. zombie film, anything. Because because the buildings are still standing. They're not all graffitied because it's in the middle of Kansas. It's the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so then one day, Eric and I were together and like brainstorming. And I was just like, or he and I were like, we should we should write a film for for Densmore because yeah. it's such a unique location. And we went back and forth for a few months about like the story. At first it was about going to be about like a botanist who's <laughs> like, I don't even remember where it went from that. But eventually um, I was like, how creepy would it be if a t- an entire town, granted a small town, but like a hundred plus people just vanish overnight, like, Almost like the leftovers, just like yeah. gone. Um, and the only piece of evidence that they have is this like 911 call. And then we just kind of spitballed it from there. Mm-hmm. And we went out to Densmore and filmed the proof of concept film, which is what you saw, um, which is just like an 11 minute short film. And it got a lot of good feedback. Um, kind of what you were saying earlier about how you think everything everything you do is worse than it is or whatever like i if i could go back there's definitely some things i would have done different with mm-hmm. densmore um what would you do different what i would do different um the audio mm-hmm. i think for sure that's probably like my cringiest thing um i mean i didn't notice anything wrong with it well I know. I'm, what, what was it that was wrong? So when we shot, and and this is actually a lesson for everybody, when you are location scouting, bring your audio person with you because mm-hmm. they're going to hear things that you don't when you're scouting. And so when we were shooting the office scene in the office building, we didn't have um, control over the thermostat. So we couldn't turn off. I don't remember if the heat was on or the uh, air was on or if it was just a fan, but we didn't have control of that. And yeah. We didn't realize that until we went back and our sound guy was like, hey, what can we do about this? Yeah. So I, I had read or I'd heard that it's always good to bring your sound guy or sound person with you. Yeah. Or or even just bring a microphone. Maybe. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I might be wrong about that. No, I mean, know, but- yeah, that, that could work, too. I think I would bring if I was serious about like location scouting, I think I would definitely bring bring him or her with yeah. me because they're definitely going to pick up things that you don't pick up because you don't know. I mean, you don't always know what to listen for. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everyone can pick up on air conditioners or, you know, lawn mowers and stuff. But there's yeah. definitely things that you might not pick up on. I there's a um, I know. With uh, there's there's a I forget what it's called. Um, it's basically it's it's. I'll, I'll remember the name, but they have it's a bundle of 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 sound plugins that I use, and their noise canceling um, plugin is the best thing I've ever used. I don't even have to get a noise sample, and it just it like I use it for the podcast. You don't hear any of the other sound or like anything. Like I, if if somebody's like running water or something, and I think, oh, that's gonna show up, it doesn't like. Or, or I don't know. It just, it just I think that's probably that that might be a result of that. Or, but it's it. I use it with pretty much everything in it. And if I if I need it, and 
since I started using that, I'm I'm a bit more fearless in terms of audio. Um, but then again, I've just gotten better at at figuring it out. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's kind of how. I mean, I use for Densmore. I mean, even even our post sound mixer, he wasn't even able to like clean it up a hundred percent. And I think that's what I'm like cringing about. See, I never noticed it. I was wrapped up in the story. Yeah. See, story. That's yeah. That's something that so many I, I story can captivate even if like yeah. the shots out of focus slightly or like the acting is like not terrible but not the greatest like story will carry i mean there's so many yeah. films out there that like would be garbage if it weren't for this story yeah, <laughs> like yeah. production wise you're yeah. just like oh god but i mean that's i mean that, if i'll add that's why i like 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 your work is you guys you guys care about story when i'm watching one of your films i'm not I'm not distracted by the cinematography. I'm not distracted by like anything really. I'm, I'm, I'm absorbed by the story. Um, like there's like, and I, and it comes like, especially with like, I was going to say this about your like cinematography. Like I, the reason I asked you if you'd be interested in shooting uh, or DPing my film, my, my feature film I was planning to do, I wish we can, we can get into that another time. <laughs> but you know, um, cause I realized after shooting this, the short film I did, I realized like, yeah, doing that, like I, not being able to, it, it was if it was volunteer, it would be like a huge, it would be like a fucking ridiculous thing. Right. Um, uh, but it's like that. I like I, that's the thing. Like you, you when I'm watching your films, like I, some DPs, I won't name names, but you can tell that they're doing it for the real, mm. <laughs> or they're doing it for, or they say they're doing it for story, but it just it doesn't feel like it to you. You know, does that ever? I don't know. Well, thank you. That's that's yeah. actually the fact that you are saying that you're not distracted by cinematography or acting. Well, you have visual, like there's, it's visually interesting what you're doing. Right, but that's actually but in a, a good way where, thing. Yeah. Like so, cinematography. I'm actually I'm in the middle of reading through this this huge cinematography um, theory and and I know what book you're reading. Yeah, I think I have I've, it. I've definitely posted about it. It's it's awesome, but it's, I didn't, no, I didn't even re- see the post. I I don't think I did. Oh. Um, but I, I know what book you're reading because, like, what is it? Alyssa Rooney, like... Yeah, exactly. She, she like, yeah. posts about it all yep. the time. Yeah. Yeah, I love her work. Um, so, yeah, I was looking at that. And, like, if your cinematography is distracting, like, I don't want to say that it's not good. But, like, cinematography, like acting, is not supposed to be distracting. It's yeah. not supposed to take you out of the story. Just like audio. I mean, if mm-hmm. if something is blatantly off, you can tell as the viewer something is off. I feel, do you feel like because you're a writer as well that you you feel like it makes you a better storyteller and a better cinematographer? Um, Because uh, I feel the reason why is I feel like when somebody writes and they're a good writer and I, I mean, I, I like like I like the script of Densmore from from what, what I saw in the film. I So I think you're yeah, you're obviously like you're 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 able to write and you're a good writer and so that feel like no i was, I was trying that was uh, that was no i was saying you're, you're a good writer i'm, not, oh, I appreciate I'm realizing it. it's like i sound like i'm not saying that no that's but no I, it's that's funny. it's basically like uh, you're able to think when a write, writing is about is is thinking on paper and when you're when you're a good writer you know you you you're so used to writing on paper and when you're writing on paper you're seeing your thought process and you know how to cons- you know how to reconstruct it when you especially when you rewrite things and and when you've done it enough you just you you think in that way you know if that makes sense 
Yeah, I think it does. I don't, I don't know. Also, I'm, you care about story first. Well, yeah. yeah. And another thing I think people miss the mark on a lot is dialogue. Because mm-hmm. I think people, they, they write this dialogue that I'm just like, read it out loud to yourself. Yeah, is that yeah. natural? Like, no one, no one says like, do not do that. Like, it's. <laughs> Just, did you did you watch uh, Aaron Sorkin's Masterclass by any chance? Mm-mm. I that's one of the things that he mentions is he will read his he'll actually perform his dialogue. He'll stand up and perform. I can't do right. That. No, like, I mean but, I I I'm in the middle of writing a feature and I like literally I go back and I just read it out loud. I'm yeah. like my neighbors probably think I'm crazy <laughs> talking to myself next door, but you have to because otherwise you're like. You're, it's not going to make sense. It's not yeah. going to be natural dialogue. Like you can tell when something's unnatural and it feels unnatural. And I'll, I'll usually save it for like I, the first draft. I usually don't read out loud because I know I'm going to rewrite it. It's just about getting everything on paper. And if I'm saying it out loud for the first time, usually it's not helping. But um, or sometimes it does. Um, but yeah, usually uh, I like to re. I'll read it out loud. Oh, uh, just the dialogue mainly, especially. Um, and you know do that like like read out loud the, the lines and and then you figure out what sounds right and then also when you've done it enough you you innately as you reread it for the first time without even reading it out loud you um you innately know what's going to sound right too um from that but uh yeah um some i have a shit ton of questions i'm probably going to condense um, i'm sorry no, i didn't good, mean to good. like throw no. it at you that i was like, half I... thinking about should I say we 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 possibly meet sooner? But I was like, eh. <laughs> I literally have been in the studio all day editing because I, I have I leave on the twentieth to go work on another film um, in Bethlehem. So I'm going to be away for a month, yeah. and then so I have to wrap up like a mini series that I'm editing, and uh, then okay. like a f- short film, the one that you had mentioned that I wrote, yeah, directed, yeah. and acted in. So that I'm releasing on July twenty second. So I'm like wrapping up my like composer sent me part of the score and my sound guy sent me like the finished audio and so like i have to go back and like put those in and listen to it so it's a busy it's a busy time for me but i'm i'm glad i was at least able to get here to do yeah yeah yeah. even if it is for 90 minutes yeah of course i'm gonna we'll make the most out of the the time um what and what do you i mean what do you what are what are some advice for for productivity in turn this isn't actually one of my questions written so this might be a shitty question um in in the sense of productivity in the sense of i mean getting as much done as possible for you i think i think that's a really subjective question but for me personally i i can't do things for a really long time like Mm -hmm. i will be more productive doing four hours four hours of work than i would be doing eight hours so yeah, um, yeah. it's nice because I bring my dog to the studio a lot. <laughs> so he's uh he makes sure I take breaks. So I'll That's take him out. Ronan. Ronan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's not the film equipment. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's named after a Marvel character. Everyone, everyone in film thinks I named him after like a gimbal. <laughs> I'm like, no, he's not. Um, yeah. Photoshop him as, as the Ronan. <laughs> His face on like the Ronan being stabilized. Yeah, no. So I. He stabilizes me. He he really does. He really does. He is a registered emotional support animal. So he oh, does stabilize. Wow. So I can like. Wait, leave. where do you, where, where did you get him from? I rescued him oh. from, um, oh. I rescued him from uh, Southern Comfort Rescue. It's like a, okay. it's a rescue in Georgia, but they come up to Jersey. Yeah. Sorry. No, I'm just I checking. Was, I was my, fidgeting. Oh, no, no, you're good. I'm just checking my audio. <laughs> That's what the clicking was. My fidgeting is checking audio and everything. Every Because I don't have somebody like a, to 
to monitor everything for me. Uh, that'll be later down the line, but um, um, but yeah, yeah, productivity. I think I think taking breaks. So starting, especially if something seems intimidating or or particularly difficult, I think just starting and being like, all right, I'm going to do this for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and then once you start, you kind of get into a flow, and then you can continue. But then when you're feeling like tired or just over it, like when you've reached a wall and you're just like, I can't anymore. You yeah. take a break, go get a coffee, go for a walk. Like, So what I think what you're describing is, and those people don't understand this, they, people are like the, the nine to five thing is, is like this. It's not the same as deep work. What deep work is, and it's said that you can only do four hours a day or, or three or three and a half, depending on who, who you are. Or, it's different for everybody. Um, and basically there's even like a, there's like a chart I've seen where, you know, your productivity goes up like for the first hour and a half and then starts at the hour and a half more, it plateaus and then it just goes down to, to the third hour, um, or fourth hour. I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, it's different for everybody, I think. But, um, yeah, I, I used to spend like three hours, writing tops but now i actually feel like i get just as much done by doing an hour per project a day or maybe less but but that time that i spend like like i'll i'll, I'll do like an hour I'll, I'll work in bursts i'll do an hour per project no more than that because i found if i go more than an hour i can't work on multiple projects a day but if i do under an hour on each project i'm getting the brunt force of my initial like thought process and then and then a little bit of like me being able to kind of trudge through the mud of of writing you know where you're or any kind of or editing or anything um i guess the but the different thing is i can all, i can edit for longer i don't know it's weird um i think it's a matter of being able to change tasks yeah. to like shift your brain because that's something that's like important and i think that comes with taking breaks like i'll edit something for like yeah. four hours take a break and then jump into another project and then ultimately spend like 10 hours at the studio editing but and then but if you like what is it if um you what's the word it's uh if you spend um like if you spend if you spend more than four three or four hours a day um what happens is or three to five um for some people um it's like what happens is you're you're taking away energy to be able to use on the next day or or like like tomorrow like it'll 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 cut into the next day. Does that ever find that? Uh, if you, it probably does. My I what what I notice is like I'll go hard for like a week, and then I'll take a, a whole day off and yeah. just like sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but I also live on like unhealthy things like uh, Monster and like coffee and caffeine yeah you, you, wait your team has only had 700 cups of coffee or something oh wait did you see that on the website <laughs> <laughs> oh man i think monsters are on there too actually oh really yeah i, I didn't see that's that. too funny i actually have to what ask. was this conundrum about monster and a dragon tea or something yeah i oh, no. i would just like to address something mr ceo of monster <laughs> the fact the fact that you took away the the monster dragon white tea is not okay. That's not okay. That was, that literally sold. Listen, I was on Reddit and you know, nothing is wrong on Reddit. So I was on Reddit and people were saying that their stores were selling that flavor 
like crazy. So why take that away and replace it with garbage? <laughs> I was I was actually really upset because I don't drink the um, carbonated monster because my stomach, I like I only do the uncarbonated one ones, I guess. And the lemonade tea is a really good one. And that's one of my go to's. But the white tea was like my ultimate go to. Is I that called dragon? Was it? Yeah, the yeah. dragon white tea. I would buy I cases of it. I literally for the last <laughs> film I was in Gettysburg, I literally bought two cases because I, I mean, I drank it every day and probably wasn't healthy but by the way that's probably that might be the trailer that might <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> and you know what? i'll send you the file so you can post it if you want or to your story so or i can write or a anything. really a really disgruntled letter i just want everybody to, to know you came on this podcast for that reason i that's the only reason i'm here is to publicly so you, say you how came upset on a platform i am to tell off uh the monster ceo um but you know um unless he wants to give me like a free like a case or the rest of it because they probably have they have they're on ebay listen i was listening or i was creeping on ebay for them Mm -hmm. they're like going for like 50 bucks a can like this is people are people are losing you know what really saddened you know what i think i might have the solution for you um so I was really upset for a similar reason because I really like um, vanilla cherry Coke. Mm-hmm. For years, I've been going to movie theaters and I make vanilla cherry Coke with those fancy um, digital like yeah like, yeah the like, touch screen ones touch screen. yeah oh, they're so, so fun. Cool. You mix it. all that random. It's yeah. So <laughs> I, so I feel so great using that. I I I when I first tasted that stuff, I was like, "This is the greatest, either the greatest movie I've ever seen or the greatest thing I've ever drank." <laughs> and I was like, "Why don't they have this in cans?" For years, one day I go to the food store or the grocery. I call it the food store. Why do I call it that? Grocery store. I think everyone calls it food store. Really? I never. Everybody mocks fr- me for that. What? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody no. I. I. It, there's food there. Yeah. There's food well, they at say, that store. The well, food we store. don't know if you're talking about a restaurant. I'm you like, no one calls restaurants food store. Because you're not, yeah, you're exactly. not, it's not a store, it's yeah. a restaurant. So, Those people are the ones that have. They're, they're crazy. Yeah, yeah, the problems. Anyways, continue. Yeah. So basically, I go to the food store, I see it on the shelf, and I am like, I need it. I need all of it. I get, no, I just, I took three. Like, but I was like, you know. <laughs> three cases. <laughs> three cases, yes. And so I I was so happy for years after, you know, you know, every day I go, I get that. I'm like, this is awesome. Pandemic. Um <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic they they had a shortage of cans or something of course they did i i went to every store that sells soda or beer or anything i i went do you guys have cherry vanilla coke and, and then, like even target said on the website we have it in stock then in they stock. lied yeah I, I was i felt lied to target seriously i we're went calling to out your... some big brands in this episode i know we we're calling last, out some last podcast i had the deer park logos left on the water bottles we had now and, I, and uh, I might have to blur them out but uh, I'll just blur out the bottom part of the screen and be lazy. <laughs> but oh my gosh, I was, I went to, yeah, Target, man, like update your website, you know, a little bit. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and I, I talked to some people, I, I talked to some experts at the store, <laughs> not experts, but people who like, they, they understood the issue. They were like, oh. It was, was it a think, shortage? It was a distillery. Or they were saying it was or a, it discontinuation. Was, it wasn't. I think it wasn't a discontinuation. It was a dis, it was a shortage of the the material to make cans. So, so there's still to, hope for you. Oh, but there's no. Oh, they discontinued yours. They discontinued. You know for a fact. I know for a fact. Oh my god. I'm, I'm so trying. Sorry. I'm literally trying to hold back tears right now. This is this is going to be a dis, clip. This, the they discontinued. It. it wasn't like there's a shortage. If you need, if you need, hold on. Do you have tissues? 
Oh, God. <laughs> I was wondering when I'd use this. I knew one day. Talking about monster. <laughs> a guest would come on and I'd have tissues under the table. And it's not even here for that. It's just... Uh, yeah, why do you have tissues here? It, it's just there because, uh, I, I don't know, I put them there one day and... Uh, you know what? No one needs to know. No one needs to no, know. No, no, okay. no. it's not that. I don't do that down here. No. Down here? Professional area. <laughs> All right, let's talk about movies. So basically... <laughs> Oh god. Um so <laughs> changing topic. Um do you have any principles in life and art? What <laughs> what? what a segue. Can yeah. can you read that again slower? You know, actually, you know what? Let's ask uh, I feel like if we don't touch on this question, how did you get started with filmmaking or or what when did you realize you wanted to be a filmmaker? We we actually talked about this a bit and that's when you you mentioned, you know, your important like like story, but yeah, sorry, go. Uh, yeah. So, I think I I always knew I wanted to be a filmmaker. I think because I always wanted to tell stories, like you had said. So when mm. I was younger, I would take my parents like tape camcorder and mm -hmm. tape over like the the Christmas and the Easter like. You're the person with the camera all the time. <laughs> and I basically. would like tape over our family parties to make my own little short films. Um. Were they horror films? <laughs> actually, actually, yes. the first one. That's the best when you take something that shouldn't be a horror film and you turn it into a horror film with editing. The first thing I like did, oh my God, I think I was 12. And we made, the, it was me and my brother and my two cousins. And they're all, they were all younger than me. And it was called Simple Clues. And it was about like my youngest cousin who got like mauled by an unknown creature. Um, and I remember laying her on my dad's workshop bench in like the basement in this like dirty basement and like her arm was tucked behind her back and I had like ketchup all over her elbow like she got like <laughs> her arm got amputated by this like beast and uh yeah it turned out that there was like a werewolf and every yeah so oh my, my 12 year old brain um yeah and then I just I never it never really faltered I mean I had a couple moments where I was like I want to be an astronomer or like I want to mm -hmm. be a veterinarian but they that lasted like a month and yeah. it always came back to film um yeah that was that's pretty much it i mean i i've always i think somewhere in one of your stories and this is probably gonna be like a later question that i didn't even want to ask first but it was like <laughs> it was yeah i'm jumping all over the place you're fine um you can jump yeah so you i think i saw in a story or something you posted something about sunblock and you said something about <laughs> yeah you said something about um was it surgeries or something you were you took part like or oh were, my gosh if, it, it's a, if it's a personal thing no it's not personal okay. no i um i wasn't sure if you were like in the medical field or something i was at one point not like i mean i worked as like a medical assistant i didn't yeah. need like training or anything i think maybe now you do need training but yeah yeah i so actually for that i had quit my full-time job after after i graduated college i got like a big girl job which mm -hmm. was cool because i was making adult money but i I hated it mm -hmm. so much. I had the worst anxiety. The CEO, he taught me how to not treat your you, the people that work with you. So it was a good lesson. Learned um, that from restaurants. <laughs> right. I worked in the restaurant business too at one point. But yeah, yeah so I, I, I was like, I am not going to live my life waking up and absolutely hating what I do every day. So I was like, I'm going to quit my job and start a production company. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And of course, like, you know, starting and getting on your feet, I still needed like some kind of income. Mm -hmm. So I took a huge pay cut, but at the time I was living at home. So it's not like I had to pay like rent or a mortgage or mm -hmm. I didn't have the studio at the time. So 
um, yeah, I, I worked at the dermatologist's office to kind of like supplement my income while I worked on building my brand and my, yeah. my, you know, filmmaking experience and everything. And yeah, so the sunblock thing, <laughs> I was hype about that sunscreen because it's reef friendly. <laughs> I don't even remember what brand it was. It was stupid expensive, but, um, yeah, I'm like, I, I like the environment a lot. So I do, I do push for like minimal plastic use and, and, you know, reef, reef safe sunscreen, but I'm also an advocate for sunscreen because I've seen some pretty gnarly melanoma surgeries. So, mm -hmm. so SPF is good guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remembered why the tissues were down. <laughs> it was because every time I, like I was sick at one point when I was working out and I just kept needing to go upstairs to get, or like over, like to get my like to get to blow my nose or something. That's why. That's, That's why. I've, I wasn't going to judge either <laughs> okay. way. I have, I, yeah. I can never breathe. So I have yeah. tissues like all over my apartment. Yeah. Ever since I started these, uh, these, uh, vitamins, like, like I had to blow my, actually it's, it hasn't been the same. Okay. never mind. No, now I just realized my, my nose isn't as blocked up as anymore as it was. Never mind. Anyway. Um, no one was judging you for the tissues anyways. Okay. You okay. can cut that totally out of your podcast <laughs> if you want. No one's going to judge. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't want to. Uh, okay, so uh, how did how do you feel like you've evolved as a person? Oh, this is a good question. <laughs> There's a few ways I think. Um, one thing is to, and I would give this advice to everyone out there: um, know your worth, and mm -hmm. know, and and then also add tax to that. Um, <laughs> Seriously, like know, know your worth because it's okay when you're starting out like to do things for free and to do favors while you have another way of another means of income. So you're not like spreading yourself too thin, but eventually like you, you, you have to tell yourself like, this is, I can do this. Like, this is what I'm, what I'm worth. And there's been times where like some people are like, oh, that's it. Like easy here and then there's other times where people are like oh that's out of my budget sorry and mm -hmm. you don't don't budge on that don't like it's cool to help people out and like to like i i you know i have favors from like my like composer and like my my audio person like like they give me like a deal or whatever but then i always give them work like we have deals and stuff and that's mm -hmm. and that just comes with like networking and, and everything but if you have someone that's like yeah come on do this for exposure first of all yeah if it's for exposure tell them to like suck an egg yeah. because that's the biggest load of crap um exposure is not going to pay your rent it's not going to pay your bills it's not going to put food on the table but yeah a lot of people think that like that they can't make money in the film industry and mm -hmm. i mean you can you just have to know yeah, it's not a know what you're worth yeah just yeah. if if your day rate is like 500 a day don't don't make it zero a day and yeah. exposure like it's literally my rate yeah <laughs> zero a day and exposure no, no 500 oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i actually yeah i have like an, an hourly rate and then i just kind of go from there but it's it's definitely increasing I, I, no 22. it's actually i have a half day rate it's 250 250 mm -hmm. uh, not two dollars and 50 cents <laughs> um but no it's yeah no i i uh but like, if there's a project that I'm like, 
I get it. Like they can't, you know, like, and, and I can, I can work on it and I'm, you know, I realize, you know, this is something I want to work on. Like, that, like that last one I did. Right. It was it was it was volunteer. Um, but I yeah, was if like, you love the script, I mean, the the film I'm going away for, like I yeah. I gave them like a discounted price. But I like when I read the script, I was like, this is great. Like, yeah. I, I loved the script. I identified with the characters. It was very well written. Mm-hmm. And for a feature, I was like, cool like i'll do it for a discounted rate i mean it's still enough that i'll be able to pay all my bills but i'm not going to be like making bank on this film yeah um yeah but the other thing i learned as a as a person i guess in the industry and like that i that i've grown throughout the years is to not take things personally i think a lot especially with social media now and stuff kind of like how you said you would like missed a message from eric at Mm -hmm. earlier like yeah like if that were to, if that happens to to someone and you know a message is missed like don't assume the worst right away like yeah. people will show their true colors eventually but like i don't know not everything is about you you know what i mean like if if they miss a message or if you aren't tagged in something or whatever like don't take that stuff personally yeah yeah like the there's it'll just make you better sometimes there's like those there's like impulses, those things come up where like your 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 lizard brain's telling you, oh, they didn't they didn't tag you in this. They don't they must not like you. <laughs> or it's right. and you just can't listen to, to the lizard brain and, and you just gotta be like, fuck you, I don't care. Like, you know, just I right. mean I, I say that a lot to myself, even when I do care about things, I'm like, Oh, I don't care. Like, you know. But when I do that, I start to not care. Like like if it's something that like uh, only for things where like I'm like like I'm I might be offended by something mm-hmm. or like I might feel down on myself for something that may have happened or, or no like happened or whatever. And it's like, uh, yeah, like, you know, it's just like uh, you, you ever practiced uh, or, or read about stoicism? I know what stoicism is, but yeah. I haven't. Well, I mean, I don't even know what practicing. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I've learned how to practice. Well, I mean, it. I think, I mean, I don't know if, you, if you've ever read a, a stoic, like a book from like a stoic philosopher. Um, I, well, I first came across uh, Marcus. No, I first came across uh, letters by letters from a stoic or something. It was like, what was his name? I'm already forgetting. Um, but it, it was like uh, letters to like this pupil of his. And they were all very like, like the, he was can't remember his name but I'll, I'll jump to the other book uh, my favorite book is like meditations by marcus aurelius mm-hmm. um i i when i first read that book i just felt like inner calmness when i first read it and i never felt that from a book before and then later on uh that i found that i had even more inner calmness from reading like the Tao Te Ching, um which isn't a stoic book it's i think it's like there's like i think Taoism is a religion but I don't. I, I mean, I, I like the book because I kind of treat it as like a, a philosophy of life. It's it's about things like not knowing. It's not knowing is a thing to practice. You know, accepting that you don't know, even when you think you do or you do. Um, but just say, you know, I don't know. Or 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 you know, you know, it, it's really the the best metaphor I can use because it, even in the book it says to be able to just des- like basically, and this is paraphrasing, to be able to describe things or what the way is or the way it to peace or inner peace is putting it into words once you put it into words or poorly into words especially it's hard like it's hard to find your way into it but this book is written so succinctly I actually even have it down here but uh it's 
He's, He's going to pull out another book. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. You got books, you got <laughs> tissues, you got it all. Everything. Um, it's a Pandora's box or desk. Um, and basically, uh, I I just like it's it's like it's the equivalent of sh- turning your your mind and your emotions and everything and your personality into water versus versus a rock, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a water that flows through a stream and 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 in life, you're trying to flow with things. You're trying to be you're trying to adapt with things and often water can cut through rock if you shape it right and so really it's about it's about um being able to shape yourself and and often like uh there's like some martial arts where they use the opponent's um weight against them or their force against them or they they move with them like a dance and set them off balance and make them fall and that's kind of what it is in but in every aspect of life and honestly like the book i have it on audiobook and i could actually send the file to you if you want but it's it's basically like it's an hour and a half like the actual book the actual poetry of it and it's it's literally poetry i think and it's or kind of like that um but it's just writ- each each and every page each and every line is written with such purpose that you literally feel like each line reach and every, every every other line or so is like it's like a, a piece of advice that you can apply immediately and, and kind of wrap your mind around. And that's that book. So that book is like one of my favorites because or my favorite because it's it's just you can just use it so easily and it's so accessible, I think, um, depending on the translation. But yeah, um, yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, do you have any favorite books or, or things that you recommend most people most? Or oh, it gosh. could be about filmmaking or anything. Um, I mean, the the book I'm reading right now, the cinematography theory and practice, is really is really good. I mean, I started reading that, but I came to it looking for, um, I think, uh, I was looking for abstract ways of seeing of of looking at it, but it and it it had a bit of that. And I read that section, but then afterwards, I, I I looked at what I was reading next, and I kept looking through it. I was like, "A lot of this is kind of straightforward." <laughs> just, it is. It is pretty straightforward. But I feel like there's, I'm missing some stuff probably by not reading it. Some of it. Some of it. I like when I was reading, and I was like, "All right, I know all about this." Like you know, moving on. Yeah. Like so, I think it's like tailored to like all all levels of filmmaking but i'm like i don't know i don't know everything did you know roger deakins and his wife who he works with all the time he they have a a, a podcast i didn't know about this until later on and like Mm -hmm. recently i started listening to it before this leading up to this film i'm on episode 50 something oh already like like i started from the beginning what's the podcast called? team deacons it's called team deacons because him and it's him and his wife Mm -hmm. they're team deacons um and they're 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 they are such humble people and they talk to because they're so well known they have a-list guests they have all these people that that you've never even heard of in the film industry doing jobs that you a lot of times i didn't know anything about like i i can't tell you how many jobs i've learned about that i didn't know the first clue and now i feel like i understand if I ever come to a you know a place where I need to figure out what role do I need to fill for something or what what can I do best to help this person mm-hmm. if they ever have that role in my film, uh, like or VFX super like different VFX people or you know I'll know 
what makes their job easier or what and and also uh, i've been learning just from them and also roger deacons like what to do with with cinematography and also how to you know better work with people and and be better better able to work with the director um and i i found that um from excuse me from from listening to him now from now on when i do location scouting i bring a camera so that not not necessarily to see what it looks like on the camera or the film or, the, or whatever it's the framing that that matters most really mm-hmm. it's the framing knowing what a lens the framing of a lens looks like in an, any kind of environment or location much like bringing an audio like a sound recorder which i'll probably do now that we've even talked about mm-hmm. this but you know knowing what the you know knowing what the the lenses look like in the frame like and how to frame things and then you can also figure out like i i like to figure out in what where where's the best place to have the actors and 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 in relation to the background and the camera and and figure out what's the best framing that i can figure out and then like i do my sketches from now on with that method and like i i'm able to have a good idea for shots before we shoot it and then because my brain's going to be kaput when we go to shoot it and so i feel like the shots are much better and plus i wish i did that on my my one take film i did rusty spade because i just like every we we improvised it i improvised the shots on the day <laughs> it's always a great thing to say yeah let's improvise guys <laughs> yeah no i'm never doing that again um there's actually apps where you can that you can buy where you yeah. can like see that because that's what i do because i'm not i'm not about to bring like my like red and like the yeah, whole yeah. setup no, 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 to no. a location so I, have, I can like just put it on my phone within these apps I and it's so nice my cheap ass a6400 oh well it's it's like a thousand dollars um but it's insured so anyways <laughs> no i'll bring that and then uh and i use i bring a like a, one of my lenses that is pretty close to whatever i'm using on these cameras so that that gets me a pretty accurate Mm -hmm. picture right now um but yeah um do you have um do you have any principles in life and art and i can give you an example for me but i'll let you answer first hmm do you want to give me my example yeah let's do that so for me, it's honesty, um, honesty to people, um, honesty in the kind of stories or films I'm making, because I've I've found like if I'm not if I don't believe in the story I'm telling, if I don't believe it's like true to what I want to make as a story or a movie um, or the human experience. I just I get physically ill, like I just don't feel like I can do it. You have a guilty but, conscience. Yes, <laughs> uh, super guilty. Like when I was in sixth grade, I like we we, we were supposed to get um, like our parents' signatures for, for to to get extra points for our test, and I forgot to get my parents' signature. And so I, you know, I I I thought my friend was like forge your mom's signature. I did, and I was like, oh, why did I do that? And then <laughs> she goes through, and I get the points, and then she, and then some. A lot of people, more than I expected, didn't do it. And so the teacher's like, all right, look, I'll let you guys go and do it. And then I was like, oh, I could have did that. <laughs> and then I, after the class, I went and told her. Oh, <laughs> I was man. like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, I told her. And, oh, geez. Uh, and then, yeah, no. Uh, but that's like, like, that's just like, I've never, like, if, if it's a, if it's a, like, a, 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 
big enough thing. Like I, I can't get away with a lie. <laughs> like, no, I. Understand but if, it, if it's that. like if it hurts somebody, I won't tell anybody like what they tell me. But it's like, it, it, if if I feel, yeah, if I feel guilty in some way, like it's, I just, I, yeah, I, I prefer to not do it. And and like so, you know, like if if I'm doing a film. Especially if I'm if it's my name on it, like I'm writing and directing it. That's mainly it. Like like if I'm writing and directing something, those are my words. You know, I want them to be who what I have to say. Right. I got in a weird situation before where that happened, but um, yeah. That um, that that actually helps your answer helps because I do think honesty yeah. is is. Uh, you're gonna piggyback off my. Well, no, oh, no, no, I mean for right, real though. though, because like that is like I, I never liked to like try to like screw people over or anything like that and so honesty but also i think um humbleness like yeah. like being humble i i can't stand when people just like brag and brag and brag like I, the guy from the video i sent for that class i <laughs> i just i just um yeah. I, I tend to speak less like i mean that's like when i go to to like film festivals and we have to do q a's i oh i hate it Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. So I don't, I think did, being Did you guys humble, do something for that? Like, if you, oh, I think it was, was it the World War II film? I think Eric posted about that. Yes, a couple. Uh, so um, I'll get into that. But yeah, yeah. The, la this, the, the last thing I would say about like principle and mm -hmm. value and everything would be like, give it, give your art 100%. Like, so many people want to create these, they, they like have these great ideas and like they'll have like 90% of it like you know really like do your best really giving it their all but then like yeah. they'll be like ah eh, well you know it is what it is if we can't do this or like and oh, I'm like God, no yeah. don't settle like you like you've come this far like don't don't settle for like I don't know you like you can, might as well give it your all can I give an example uh like recently I or not recently no this was when I did my film feeding the fire I we had this thing or I had this thing, this crazy idea. Let's have it so that every time the character is moving the right way in the story, he's facing frame right. And every time he's moving the wrong way, he's facing frame left. Now, the reason for that is when you read in, in, in our in our culture, mainly reading right, left to right, we read left to right. And we, mm -hmm. we perceive that as progress, like instinctually. And so and I, I saw a video about this a video essay about like a film that did this kind of like kind of it was like snowpiercer or something and every time the for the character and also the dark knight like in the joker scene when they're he's interrogating the joker the camera's moving to both either side when he starts giving his spiel spiel to batman and it's like yeah i wonder if they planned that because it's like you, it's basically changing sides of the of the of the like the front the eye, eye line like they're like in this frame this frame frame and so I did that with that film. But then one day when we went to do this diner scene, basically, um, I had this elaborate plan. We're going to shoot from outside the window for the master main shot. And then we're going to shoot inside, like in the seats, like on the side of the window looking in because it looked best from that way. But then somebody, a friend of mine said, no, it seemed when we started shooting, they're like, it seems kind of cold or no, before we right before. And so we didn't have time to plan. Um, we were going to do all that, but then they were saying, somebody said, oh, it seems kind of cold to do it that way. Should we do it that way? And I thought about it. And I was like, what if we work our way in and we end up um, on the opposite side? But like, like 
in that scene, I was supposed to be facing frame left. Um, for this is left for you. Um, and basically, because I was going the wrong way, I started like, 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 I, I just re reached the high point of the movie. We kissed, and then basically, she was then we were then talking about like the fact that she needs to leave and go somewhere and and never come back and i was like well like what about tonight and basically that's like the wrong move you know i was being selfish and so we basic basically i was supposed to be facing the frame left for that scene and we had this plan where we were going to do it um like we were going to start on the inside and then work our way outside so that i'm facing frame left we had to 86 that because we couldn't stabilize the camera on the the on the tops of the of the chairs for the, that were sitting at the booth and and dolly i was like not trusting how that was going to turn out and we already started shooting and then we didn't get the outside we didn't do it all from the outside so and, and basically i was facing the wrong direction in the frame it just felt like we just did all that work the entire film to do it right just to like end up with one scene where we're not doing it the right way or facing the right way. I, I might, you know, it might, I probably would have gotten away with it. And nobody would ever notice. I doubt anybody would ever notice unless I told them that we did that. Um, it was one of those things. It's like, I probably won't do that again because it's just so specific and it doesn't, you know, register for some people or, or anybody. Um, but we then reshot that scene. Um, we had to shoot at a different restaurant though, because uh, the person who we originally shot it for, they're like, oh, we don't want you back. <laughs> Oh god! Um, but uh, <laughs> I think I think that we were, I think I was, it was because I was rushing. I was like, "Can we please do it this Thursday or something, or do this uh, Saturday?" And it's like, "No, oh, Saturdays are hard." <laughs> yeah, for a restaurant, yeah, I'd yeah. imagine. Um, but uh, uh, it was yeah, we uh, I, I, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like you don't want to compromise, and and compromising on stuff when you don't have to is is uh, yeah, yeah, it's. It just leaves you sickened, I think. Right, exactly. That's how I feel. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, so, I, wait, did I ask? Oh, we, we were talking about the... the well, how do you pronounce that? Uh, I'm not 100% sure, actually. It's like <laughs> <laughs> someone... It's so funny because at the festival, someone like spoke German or something and they pronounced it for us. But it, I think it's like Das Liedtrennen. How did you translate it? Who, who tra did you have somebody translate it for you, or did you go Google? I Google translated it because <laughs> no. it's uh, it translates. Well, no, it's it's accurate. It, was it accurate? It's accurate. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. No, I, it's it's oh, um the light within, okay. which literally oh, okay. like the light within does like turn Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Anyways, uh, I, see. I probably butchered that pronunciation, so I no, apologize good. to all the Germans out there. But um, yeah. So that um. That, I mean, we made Densmore and that like years ago, actually, three years ago now. And um, for 2020, since the pandemic, we had submitted in like 2019. Three years ago? Yeah. When, what, wait, when did you do it? We made it in 2018. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, we, we shot it and we shot Densmore in 2018. We finished it in 2019. And then we shot Das in 2019. Oh, okay, 2019. And then we finished okay. that also in 2019. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, so... We had submitted in 2019, we submitted to film festivals, both of them, but 2020 was the pandemic. Yeah. And so like a lot of the film festivals were like, well, we're going to do it online, which really was frustrating because the festivals we submitted to were for the purpose of going to those festivals and meeting people yeah. and networking. And 
and everything. Um, and that all went out the window, except that one festival in Lancaster, the Red Rose Film Festival. They decided to wait until that's a smart move, right? Till 2021 um, to uh, to have you know, in person, which I thought was so nice. And actually during the Q&A, I like took a minute to thank the festival and the theater for for doing that because it's the only festival that Shout I... Shout out to... Right? <laughs> Red, Ro- Red Rose Film Festival. Red Rose. Yeah. And then like one of like the, one of like the owners um, who are managers, she was like, thank you so much for thanking us. And then she gave me popcorn for free, which was so <laughs> nice. I like went up to get a small popcorn That's and so she was awesome. just like here. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, it was cool. They're they're I'm really grateful for for people that are really, you know, they're they're doing things for the artists for the right reasons, you know, not just like for well, we got your money for the festival, let's just release yeah. it online. Like so they they have heart and and it shows. Yeah. So, what do you what do you think makes for a great script or film? I think having dynamic characters Mm -hmm. characters that are relatable um and a good story i mean having having a great story because you can tell when something's flat like i mean you're creating a a world essentially Mm -hmm. you're not just creating like a like a timeline a to b i mean you're creating an entire world within the script so like you have to what makes for a great story what makes for a great story that's yeah. subjective i yeah. think I, yeah. or great writing or or how do you define i would think the process i would think something that's just that feels genuine yeah. would make for like is is great writing in my i mean when i read like for coming back to dialogue because that's yeah. most obviously i think something to pick out that doesn't feel right like when you when you read it and it reads like something that sounds realistic and and not like like you're not taken out of the story because yeah. of something people say like i think that helps yeah with the uh authenticism i i for the first time was able to describe is authenticism a word i don't know i was thinking that, that we'll afterwards a word. It's a word now. Authenticism. I like i'm gonna that google word. that um but i mean it, i understood what you meant so i don't think there's a, <laughs> there's no difference um but I found that like in the last podcast I did, I was able to figure out what I just like how I would describe writing and for me um, over the years I've learned it. And I, I realize like I use this clouds and dirt analogy. Um, it's based on like Gary Vee, this entrepreneur guy who explains or media mogul who basically explains like he uses business that for like to describe businesses. You want to spend some time in the clouds where you see the bigger picture, see the forest for the trees, and then you want to spend most of your time in the dirt. And really get dirty and do the business, the stuff for the biz to build the business, um, and you gotta identify what those things are. And what I would do with writing and, and filmmaking, it's like there's there's clouds and then there's dirt, and you want to spend the, for the clouds, it's it's the it's the abstract ideas that make up the film or the script, the ideas, the characters, the character arc, the the things that make a character authentic. Part, partly that's the clouds, and then but we'll get to the dirt. Um, basically, it's, you know, having knowing how to come up with those ideas before you start writing. I, I find that helpful. Um, and 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 if you can fle- know how to flesh out ideas for a story um, and how to and, and, and then and then one method I've heard is like 
uh, filling a box with the next cards. I heard this from David Lynch and uh, Spike Lee and a bunch of other people as well. But David Lynch, I, he explained this best. I think it's like you you put a you find a, you have an idea come to you for a movie uh, or a scene of a movie and you put it on the next card. You write it down. You reread it and you examine it. It's like catching a throwing a fishing line out and you catch a fish and you pull it out and you examine it and you put it on the line and you throw it back out and and throwing it back out means you put that index card in a, in a box and you you close that box you put it away and then you catch another fish and from that fish you just caught and basically it's similar in nature or, or it's somehow connected but you may not know how yet um but you you keep coming up with ideas and writing them down on index cards until and each index card is like a, is like either a scene or or a, or a several index cards can be a scene at least for me um and you fill that box up until you have 80 scenes or 80 index cards or however many index cards make up for an 80, 80 scene and that, then you have a film you have a feature film and you don't often in the process of that you don't know where it's going but you, you as you're writing things down you're 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 teaching yourself what it's about you're, you're you're examining it and but you're giving yourself enough distance by putting it in that box my my process now i i, I write things up i find a way to do it digitally i write ideas on a you know digitally so i, I don't i have backups and whatnot but then um then there's the dirt process of of like actually going and writing you have to know your process of writing what the what the results are and and your process of revisions like knowing what you end up with and that that is good when you revise things and also getting feedback and then feedback on your feedback because you know sometimes when you get feedback people say you know it's one thing and you're like okay they don't have much feedback for me and then somebody else says all these things to change and then you do those changes and you bring it back to the first person who gave you one thing and they're like why did you do all this it was working perfectly they got you they get what you were trying to do the new person they don't know what you're trying to do they're trying to make the movie they want to see um not the movie you want to see sometimes oh, that, that was a thing that happened to me a while ago um but all these things in the dirt process of, of the actual process of getting down and dirty with writing and and trudging through that. It's a it's a very different thing from coming up with ideas. You know what I mean? And you you fill. You, so you have the clouds process. You either do whatever you do to develop the ideas um, and then you try to write the thing that you had ideas about. Sometimes a lot of those ideas don't connect. Um, I found that index card thing worked really well for me but you know if the one thing you have to do is you have to strengthen the connections between the clouds process and the dirt process of coming up with those ideas for characters all these things scenes knowing and and, and make sure that it connects with how your act your your writing style for scenes actually carries out and and knowing what you're capable of as a writer one the way to connect those is to finish things that are good and if you want to really improve finish a bunch of short things versus starting off on something ma massive because I, I i think i told you like year like years ago i i spent a year and a half developing an idea coming up with the clouds idea the, the abstract ideas of what this was supposed to be and then i wrote a 400 page manuscript and i haven't i'm not going to be able to use any of it but i'll be able to use the things that i thought i was writing in my head so i'm grateful i wrote it or tried to um, but with enough distance and knowing my once I made some actually good films or decent films, it's like I, I now know what I how to do things well and, and, and enough that people like it. And I now know how to return to that thing that I thought I was writing in my head, not the stuff I wrote, but I know how I know how to use the best of it and things that I never anticipated for it. 
Um, and I'm going to be probably making writing and this probably won't be done for many years, but it's like a 10 part, either no 12 part series, or it'll be two films cut in half, or it'll be a one big, like epic film, but it'll be cut half like Kill Bill, um, like a part one and two or three. Uh, no, it'd probably be one and two. Um, but, uh, <laughs> sorry, my brain, <laughs> but no, I'll do that. And I, but, uh, you know, it's because I have fi had finished a bunch of short projects. Um, uh, but that's how I like would des like describe my interpretation of what a great movie or, or how I write successfully or what I, how I learned how to write successfully is you need to know both sides of the process. You need to be good at coming up with ideas, but those ideas aren't worth shit if they don't connect to your actual, the actual results you're capable of with writing and knowing your style of writing. And that's an intimate thing. And you figure that out. And when you do the, a bunch of short films, you learn or a bunch of projects, period. It's like you learn how to come up with ideas then that better influence the writing. You don't know what's going, what ideas really connect and influence and make for better writing for you until you you've actually written some things and rewritten things and and know what your process is like and then you can kind of come up with ideas and then weave them into it and make sure that you know you actually have a realistic character arc that you can write for x amount of pages and feel feel honest the entire time if it doesn't feel honest it doesn't connect right that's the thing also watching a lot of old classic movies have you ever heard of a criterion channel um or filmstruck Mm -mm. I'm I uh, so years ago back in 2017 I started watching it was filmstruck at the time then it got canceled and then there was an uproar in the film industry about it <laughs> and people who couldn't watch breakfast and watch uh, you know Cary Grant you know <laughs> save the day or all this or or all these like foreign films there it's basically it's basically like cheaper than Netflix it's like 100 bucks a year I think or something like that and it's basically all these uh like independent or, or all these all these uh from from years like all of film history all of some of the greatest movies and 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 uh art films and foreign films like like there's a lot of classic golden age if you like that there's also a lot of um things that you've just never heard of or i think i think at one point um what was her name she did she directed um what was it called it was um it was she directed Zero Dark Thirty and um, Catherine Bigelow, I think. She did a there was a, a horror film she did a while ago that was on there too. Uh, I haven't seen that. I wonder if it's still on there. Um, there's but there's all there's all sorts of films. I'm saying is and, and it's like um, like there's there's things that you can't really find anywhere else unless you pay thirty dollars per movie. And like there's like have you ever heard of The Seven Samurai with uh, by Kurosawa? Mm -mm. But I. Basically, though, um, I'm going to turn you on to this eventually. Oh, God. Um, there, the, the movies I've watched from that changed the kind of films I wanted to make forever. I, I started out wanting to make this years ago. The best idea I could come up with was this, this, uh, this short freaking action stupid comedy about these, these guys. This guy comes into the library and tries to get this girl's number. And then... And then another guy tries to get her number and, and a, a gunfight breaks out with all these like guys just coming out of the woodworks trying to get her number. I don't know. 
like it just it was uh, oh no the, and then the two guys like start working together the first two guys and then like they they're like like <laughs> they're this suave guy comes in and they like they like distract her and snap the guy's neck and bring him <laughs> sorry but they, they, they did it just it was terrible it was terrible and i just was like after that though i i started making like these kind of golden age um film style mixed with uh foreign film european film like style movies like uh, back when in like 2018 or 2017 2017 it was i had seen a uh this uh, a film by a, a Russian filmmaker named Tarkovsky, uh, Andrei, uh, Andrei Tarkovsky. He did things like Stalker and, and like the film Stalker. It's about like this. I don't even know how to explain it. They there's this zone where they, they have to go in. This guy takes these people in and you have to follow these rules to get to the, the center. And, and if you get to this room, basically, it'll grant your deepest, most private wish. And some but the, the, the catch is. Some people don't want to know what that is because you might think you know what it is, but your deepest, most private wish might be just money and fame. You might want think go in thinking you want to bring your brother back to life or something or or, or somebody close to you. And that was one person that, that was mentioned in the movie. And it was they ended up being rich and famous and then they shot themselves or something. It's like. But that's not that doesn't spoil anything in the movie. It's just something that's brought up. Um, but it's like the cinematography and everything in his movies are, are outstanding. And I first saw The Mirror, which is his most out there film. I didn't know that. I watched it at the first 40 minutes. I was enthralled. I thought I felt like I was watching something by Stanley, like a Russian Stanley Kubrick. And then I hated it. After the first 40 minutes, I was like, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. I prided myself at the time as a filmmaker thinking I knew what this person, what, what, what each filmmaker was trying to do, but I couldn't get a read on this guy, what he was doing with movies. So I assumed he didn't know what he was doing either. Um, but now I've been, I've read his book. I'm reading his book the second time, his book, um, um, sculpting in time. And I'm, I've watched a lot of all of his films. I've watched at least two or three times. I've, and I have a different take each time. I feel different each time I watch it. I, I'm focused on different things. I, If I was on an island and I had a choice of one filmmaker or one film, it would be a Tarkovsky film. Because I, I, the reason why I found from reading his book is he, deli you know, although he was like Kubrick level or beyond, in my opinion, um, he focused, he, he, what mattered really mo a lot to him is that the filmmaker, the audience shouldn't know what the filmmaker's trying to do or what his 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 goal is they should not be able to understand and here's an example like there's a scene where he wanted this guy this character who shows up um to a woman who's waiting for her husband to come home on a, she's sitting on a, the fence in front of their house she's been waiting for forever and you know she's waiting for him to come home and i forget like if it was from the war or something and this guy comes along this stranger out of nowhere um and they have this encounter um they just talk about some things and life and then he just leaves but he wanted him to look back at her to create this effect in the audience but he didn't want him to just look back because then it just seemed for it just seemed like forced um they must have had a helicopter come in to do this there's a big wave of wind that brings all the 
grab like blows all the grass towards them and towards her at the fence and he's he turns to her because of it and it creates this moment where you you you're completely disengaged from the fact that it's a film and what he tried to do was if if it feels like if if the audience knows what you're trying to do as a filmmaker it takes them out of the story but if you cover your tracks if you do things in a way where they can't understand why you're trying to do what you're trying to do then they watch it like a documentary they watch it like real life and i feel that when i watch his movies and also he didn't even tell his actors what the fuck was going on throughout the film if an actor like he would just per scene tell them what he needed to tell them to get them to give the performance they needed to give they wouldn't be allowed to read the script and mm. i don't know if i'd ever do that but it's like what would happen is They'd give a performance not knowing the future or the past of that character. And in film, that works. In theater, don't, no, it doesn't work because you have to know everything. Um, but in film, he would, the, the, the actors are so, their, their senses are heightened, you feel. And you, you're absorbed by this because it's like, they don't know what the hell is going on. Neither do you. But they're guided by the person who is actively trying to figure out what the whole movie's about. And... I mean, I, I, it's hard watching his films for the first time. It really is. It's, it, it's not an easy watch, any of his films. Well, some of them are much easier, like Ivan's Childhood. If you want to start with one of his films, Ivan's Childhood is, is on, on a, it's about this, it's this kid who grows up in war and is just, his soul's tormented by it. And, but it's like, it's his most traditional style, if you want to say that film. And uh, basically, yeah, it's like, a lot of his films are super uh they're hard to watch because it's it's work you're, you're he often like i've heard brian johnson say that he uses boredom to to as a device as a filmmaking device but i don't think that's entirely true it's something else he's absorbing you in the shot if that makes sense and that's my favorite one of my favorite or my favorite filmmaker now but i hated his films at one point i'm like so that that changed me as a as a person a filmmaker watching all these movies because I've, I've watched quite a few um and i i don't feel like i'm wa- like like I, I before that i realized much of my influence came from youtube or or shitty stuff on the internet um and then films that i've seen that were good or, or top rated on imdb but then once i got into criterion channel or or filmstruck at the time before it got canceled and then criterion channel came in we're like oh we're gonna create a subscription channel with all our movies that were originally on filmstruck but yeah, they came in and saved the day. Um, but it's like it, it's I watch them. I make a point to watch at least a little bit if I can before a writing day, like the day the day before. Got you. And uh, not before I write. I, 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 I save it for the, the day before so that I can kind of it, it immerses me a bit in something that's alien to me, a style that's alien. And but is is a, is a something thought out. Um, and I know that that changed me a lot as a filmmaker and a person. But, yeah. Um, and that ties back to yeah. writing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where we started yes. with that conversation. Yeah. That's how I went on. I, I'm realizing it is 430. Is that, it possible we could go longer or, or uh, if you have to go? Yeah, we could go a little longer. Because okay. um, I realized I just wasted the last 20 you're good, you're saying good. stuff to you. Yeah, we could go a little longer. Um, I'm going to make sure I'm listening to you now. <laughs> I'm not because, uh, uh, so let's think what's the best question we can ask next. I'm looking through 
what do you do you have principles for you know i'm i'm not even going to go into my principles for shooting because I, I came up with five um that i have um but do you have principles for how you shoot or cinematography yeah i yeah. do go into them so um definitely pre-production is a huge huge thing so i always have either a storyboard or a shot list um typically both mm -hmm. and then um yeah, going and scouting the location ahead of time. Um, like I had mentioned earlier, bringing your audio person with you so they can kind of scout the sound at the same time. Um, prep, I think, is probably one of the most important parts mm -hmm. because you can always anticipate things going wrong. So if you can be as prepared as possible, you're going to be able to kind of like overcome any challenges or difficulties along the way much better if you're overly prepared. Yeah. it's Yeah, you mentioned storyboarding. Um, Excuse me. Um, that's something I'm going to be doing, I think, hopefully a lot or all of my film, my next films. I think I'll be I, I'm hoping I, I don't feel like it's a waste to not do them for every scene because it's like. With uh, like old movies and movies that I love, it's I feel like they took the time to probably storyboard most or all of it. And what happens when you do storyboard? You have time to think about it that you don't have to on set. And you mm -hmm. have not only that, you have you have mental capacity. Just this extremely acute mental capacity to think and create when you're, you know, like in your on your own writing or, you know, coming up with or drawing, you know, you get to, you can get into a deep state of creativity that you can't on set. Um, I mean, and I don't even I don't even sketch my storyboards that much anymore. I yeah. um, I use the app. I mean, I go to the location and I take the shots that yeah. i that i want or i need with like a stand-in or the actor whoever's available and yeah. then you can just literally put that right into a storyboard format mm -hmm. and that makes life a lot easier yeah i feel like uh i feel like i'll probably do a mixture of that leading up to whatever i do next um what are you most no we're, we're going fast now <laughs> what it's are you cool. most proud of <laughs> oof yeah here we go I think as far as th that's that's sort of like a really nuanced it, question. Yeah. So proud of as far as far as like project. Um, if you want to go into filmmaking or or I think I think personal sort of life. or if it's too personal, you don't No, it's not. It's not. I think the fact that I that I am doing what I'm what I love, I mean, mm -hmm. You know, I, I talked about being humble and I, I don't mean for this to come off as like braggy, but I I'm proud that I am doing what I love to do every day. I mm -hmm. mean, sometimes I'm editing or shooting things that aren't the most like exhilarating, but I'm I'm doing something I ultimately love and I've been doing since I was 16. And I think like Sunday night, I don't have like the Sunday scaries anymore of like yeah. anxiety of like, oh, my God, I have to go do this tomorrow. Like it's yeah i'm and i'm grateful i'm really grateful um mm -hmm. for that so i and I'm, I'm proud because i i've been told my whole life by people mostly people that have no business saying anything that um i'm not gonna ever like you know because you know become anything because a i'm a woman or b like when i worked in the restaurant industry how we had mentioned before i remember being like you know i'm gonna I'm going to be a filmmaker one day. And they like laughed. They were like, you're going to be in the kitchen with us, 
you know, just like we yeah. are. And they're, I was like, like crabs. They pull, they pull the other crab that tries to grab, get out of the bucket. Right. They pull them in. Yeah. And I just, I, and, and for me, that was always like a motivating factor. That was never yeah. something that I was like, huh, I'm a nobody. Like, you know, I, it just gave me more like, like fuck you. Yeah. You know, I'm, just, yeah. I'm like, just watch me like type yeah. thing. And now like, I don't, you don't I, think about it right i mean i don't you define don't i don't define success as like someone who's got like fame and fortune and followers and blah blah, blah. like i just i'm happy like i'm genuinely happy i love what i do i'm i'm still learning i'm not bored because filmmaking is so challenging and there is so many new developments constantly and mm-hmm. um yeah so i'm i'm not bored and i and i love what i do and i'm able to survive off of doing what i love and i think that's something to be really proud of mm-hmm. um which is weird saying out loud. <laughs> no, no, that's it's a good answer. Um, what's some what? What's the hardest thing you've ever done? Oh God, that's another loaded question. Hardest thing I've ever done in the industry? Anything. Okay. Well, Any industry or if you would rather answer a film filmmaking because that's I'll, usually yeah I'll put thing. that in yes. within the industry. The hardest thing I ever I'd ever did was working on a. Uh, a film set this past January and February where I was the first AD. Um, mm. How was that difficult? That was, was that was I've difficult because so well, I've always been my own AD. So right. So it was the first time I was ever an assistant director. And when the when the the guys brought me on, I was like, I've never AD before. And they were like, you make your own film. You're a director like you. You know how to AD. So I was like, OK, I'll try it. But um, I ended up being uh, an ad like kind of a unit production manager also like wardrobe also stand-in yeah. also like was it that like, i think i saw a post doubles. about it it was uh the mesophily something was it was it that it was like the, the the caveman thing oh no that was i was ad for that too that was a short no this was yeah. a, a feature film um oh, it's called stream we shot it in a haunted hotel in gettysburg it was pretty sick. cool yeah, so we were out there for six weeks shooting. Um, it's the it was produced by the same people that did the film Terrifier too. I don't know if you heard of Terrifier. No. It was on Netflix. Um, oh, wow. It's like a like it's got like an eighty slasher vibe. Um, so this yeah this film it, it's a horror film and has they have some really cool. It was a really great experience because they had some like like bigger named actors in it um, that like people in horror would know, and it was cool to work with like some bigger actors, but it was it was a lot of work i mean we at one point we were doing a 21 hour day on like three hours of sleep and yeah it was it was exhausting do you feel like you know you don't have to say this but uh do you feel like it creeped into the the quality at all uh what you guys were doing no because (laughs) because these guys um they're the fuzz on the lens productions they're in uh, staten island new york and they are some of the most hardworking people I've ever met. Like they, they do whatever it takes to get things done the yeah. right way. I mean, I remember the the DP like when we would break for lunch, like he would never he would just start setting up for like the next scene or the next yeah. shot, and like I would go and like bring him food, like please eat, <laughs> you need to survive. Like, <laughs> yeah, they th- th- some of the most their sets were a little chaotic, but they are the hardest working people yeah. I've ever met. And I, I'm really grateful to have been like, you know, invited to that opportunity. You, know, you were, you were first AD on that. Yeah. Jeez. 
It was it was really fun. Like in fact, when we wrapped, I mean, it was so it was such hard work. But when we wrapped, like the crew, like we were all like depressed. <laughs> like we were like, we miss you guys because <laughs> you live with people for six yeah. weeks in a hotel. You become like, you know, you become like family. Also. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's. I mean, it sounds cliche. Whenever, but it's yeah, true. it does. It does. It sounds cliche, and people. Anytime like, people are together doing something, I mean, even especially if they believe in it. Um, but where they feel that it's something they're they're experiencing hardship together. I mean, that's why you hear of like soldiers, the soldiers bond. It's mm-hmm. like that's real. That's in, you see them you at see like your worst and at your best. Like yeah. they've they've seen me like lose my mind at them and like say some mean things to them. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and they've also like this is where she apologizes. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm so, sorry, Ilya. Sorry, Dom. Oh, sorry, no. Mike. <laughs> How many people? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. I mean, well, like you know, when you when you're on no sleep and yeah. you're like doing oh, yeah, the no. one the one time we were doing stunts and we we had to. Um. I don't even know if I can if I'm allowed to talk about this, but. We had a really big stunt happening, so we had the stunt coordinator and we had the actor, and it was it's it was fi- a physically demanding stunt, and the actor was doing his own stunt. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, and it was just chaos because we were running two cameras. I was running my camera, and the DP was running his camera. So um, add that to my list of roles: the second unit cam <laughs> operator. So so it was really chaotic because like we you you can only do this stunt so many times mm-hmm. before something bad happens so there was just a lot going on and then eventually like tensions rose and there was too many cooks in the kitchen and like it was just very (laughs) do you hear you seeing the video too many cooks no i don't know i haven't (laughs) all right also that'll send it later okay i'll remember this when i re-listen to it sorry (laughs) i cut you off sorry no no you're good but yeah so it, it was just it was a lot and and you know you end up getting like yelled at or you end up Uh, yelling at people because like you get frustrated and you're sleep deprived and like yeah yeah. but at the end of the day you still like love them you know it's like it's like having like your your brother or sister where you're like oh i can't stand you right now but at the end of the day like you were in this together yeah yeah that's good what is your favorite failure if you don't want to answer that, you don't have to. It no, I'm I'm totally all about talking about failures. Um, and I've had so many that I'm blanking right now. Failures. God. Okay. So when I, in 2016, I, I drove around the country to film um, what I was hoping would be a web series. And it was called Project Live. And I interviewed different like entrepreneurs and people about how they got to where they were because everyone starts from typically from nothing mm-hmm. unless you're born with like a silver spoon in your mouth or something but so I would interview people and about like how hard they had to work to get to where they are and everything and we interviewed people in like Portland and Las Vegas and and like different areas and uh and then nothing and I I made like this awesome teaser for it that I loved and then nothing like it amounted to nothing because at first because like I had gotten busy so I put it off for like a couple months and then eventually like I got so scared that it wouldn't turn out to be perfect like my idea of perfect that I never made it 
And mm. I know, right? That was my reaction. You still have the footage and whatnot? I still have the footage from like Yellowstone, from everything. I still have all the footage backed up um, and the interviews and everything. But I, yeah, I was so afraid it was going to like suck. And <laughs> I don't know. But now, like, now I, I've learned my lesson. Like, uh, that's not going to, I'm not going to let that fear hold me back anymore. So like, yeah. like I had said before, I'm writing a feature right now. I've never written a feature before. And there are, there are days Do where I, like, where I'm like, God, like, this is gonna be bad. And I'm like, dude, of course it's going to be bad. The first draft, like, you're not gonna, you're it not gonna to like suck. shit out gold. You know what I mean? Yeah. The first draft, <laughs> like, of course, but you have to get something down and mold it from there. And, and don't be afraid because like, you know, fear kills dreams more than failure ever would, mm. you know? Yeah, it, it needs to suck at first and like let it suck. Um, but then, um, you know, you'll be able to polish it. The, the craft of writing is in rewriting. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I have a lot of good like connections and resources. So like I don't even know what I'm afraid of. But and if you ever need anybody to, to reread it or, or like read it or like give you give feedback. feedback. Yeah. No. Awesome. Know. I would definitely. I'd actually I was actually going to ask if you wanted to read something I've been working on and give me your feedback on it. Um, it's. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> it's, it's about it's about all right basically the short story is it's basically about uh 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 it's basically about metaphorical boys or man children becoming men in a world run by devout feminists hmm. um i can actually give you another of even better summary um possibly hold on let me find it uh where is it where is it um uh it should be here and it's not um well, I can give it, I can tell you later. Um, but if, I mean, if that doesn't sound too offensive, I think you might enjoy it. Um, no, it, I don't get too offended easily. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that was actually the thing I was going to see if you were interested in possibly DPing. Um, if you're, if it, if you're up for it, but uh, you'll have to read it and give me your thoughts. Yeah, send, send us, is it a feature or short? Um, it's a feature. Yeah, well, it's, it's going to be a feature, but it's going to be a shorter and like feature it's 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 20 like it's 20 it's 28 pages right now um but in script format it'll probably double it'll probably be like 60 right now like like where it's at right now i'm hoping that it'll the finished product will be it'll come under 90 minutes or get as close to 90 minutes as possible so that it feels like a feature film mm -hmm. and not just an hour-long film which would probably be fine anyway but um it's uh it started as a short film and it's you know, see, I got a whole bunch of feedback before, and people were like, "Yeah, it's uh, you know, this is this 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 has potential, but you're not there yet." And I just mm -hmm. kept rewriting it and reworking it, and talked with some people, and then it, eventually I was like, "You know, I'll just I feel like it's going to be a feature film," and I just I, I'm letting it be the length that it's going to be, um, for it to be good, uh, which I think is the right way of going about it. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that a bit after this. But um, um, basically, uh. Let's see, I asked that already. What matters most to you? Gosh, no one's ever asked me that. It matters most to me, like in in my work, in life, Both. in a relationship. Like I don't know, Both. <laughs> everything. <sighs> I think. I think honesty for sure. And also like being true to yourself, like not, not 
swaying on your own beliefs and values just because mm -hmm. other people agree or disagree or mm -hmm. whatever, try to push you in a certain direction. Yeah. Does that answer your question? <laughs> well, I think that's another, that's an answer like of, of, uh, of principles. Um, I mean, what, what about, uh, I guess, uh, I guess, yeah, that covers filmmaking and whatnot. Um, trying to think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that answers it. What was that? Like a gnat. I got oh, it. Oh no. Oh my God. My, it's, I'm glad it's over. It seems like it's over. Oh no. I said that now and it's not going to be over. My room one night I had four, I killed no 17 moths, little small moths. Yeah. Why? They were just in my room. I don't know how they're getting in. I, I, I can't figure out for the life of me. I think there's a like like the the screen is a bit like open and they're just crawling through the cracks. I have no idea. But I have a ladybug infestation right no. now in my apartment. They're Jeez. like every day there's like a new ladybug in a new spot. And I'm like, how? Oh, my gosh. And I can't kill them because <laughs> I just like I can't squish things. So like I have to set them free yeah yeah I, i'm that way sometimes but then if i'm on if it's not a good day and that moth you know met me on a bad day i'm like you're gonna die <laughs> i'm sorry uh today is not your day yeah no the gods have not shot <laughs> they're not, not the gods are not smiling on you today <laughs> um great what what are your greatest influences how and why are they greatest influences greatest influences um in in filmmaking, um, so I really, I, I guess I'd have to go with like directors, I would think. I mean, do you have any in mind? Yeah, I mean, David Fincher, I definitely oh, think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like Spike Jones, not necessarily for his storytelling, although his one short film freaking gets me every time, but. It's called I'm Here, in case anyone wants to look it up. Check it out. I'll watch um, it. Oh, my God. It kills me. I love it. But um, his uh, his style, mm -hmm. like like set design and production design, I think is like amazing mm -hmm. and really adds to like the story. Um, but David Fincher, I think his his stories and and the look of yeah. his, too. I love that like gritty look. Yeah. Um, Stephen King, I'd say, also. Um, his his writings more than his, like his books more than yeah, his, yeah. more than the movies from his books, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, his one book called The Long Walk. Now I'm going off on a tangent. Go for it. <laughs> his one book is called The Long Walk, and he he wrote it under under uh, the name Richard Buchanan instead of Stephen King. But it is so insanely good. It's so like the long walk. I'll check it out. The long walk. It's a great book. It's like so graphic and and I don't know. Like it's just the story's phenomenal. It's I won't get into what it's about because I'll, I'll go on to a huge tangent. But it's basically it's kind of like the Hunger Games before the Hunger Games were a thing. Yeah. But it's basically about a, a walk mm -hmm. and it's a hundred boys. Uh, that sign up for this they're all like in their teens and the last one standing gets whatever they want in life like they are set for the rest of their life oh shit but that means yeah. the 99 other have to die so mm. you have to stay up to four miles an hour like you have to be walking for the four mile an hour pace 
um or they just like t- uh, is it like their dialogue throughout it and they're just talking they're walking other? the whole time and so like well it's not just it is it is like their experience in the moment but it's also the main character's like flashbacks uh, okay. and and everything and it, it's from his perspective and he's he's a really interesting character and yeah so it's it's pretty gritty and some of the you know they like it, it's like the camaraderie like they're they find their mm-hmm. people that they're standing with but they also know that they're like that they're walking with rather yeah. and then but they know that, like one of them is yeah. going to be the one that makes it and one the rest aren't and if they if they're slow down pat like slower than the four mile an hour pace for more than 30 seconds they get shot <sighs> yeah they get like a three they get three warnings it's it. so good and i'm like it's that would be list. a phenomenal film that would be phenomenal you'll make it one day if well else does. you need the rights for it yeah. but um God, that was a, such a great film. But yeah, his book, his writings are, are great. And then the last thing I would say, um, uh, one of my favorite horror films is Midsummer. And I have to see that. It's on my list. I I keep hearing about, I've seen so many things about it. But I, not to spoil it for me, but right. well, I think somebody did spoil it actually. And I was like, dude, I didn't see it. And they're like, Fuck, sorry, man. <laughs> it was the last film I was on. That happened to me literally someone's uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before that um, Black Widow came out? Oh, no. And someone spoiled it like the same day. And I was like, you asshole. Like, yeah. I'm not, I not don't, you, no, person, I know. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to, I have to unfollow you. Like oh I can't. Oh my gosh! It was on Instagram. It was on Instagram. Oh, it was like, yeah, the the person was like, "Wow, Black Widow was really good. I'm gonna blah 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 blah." But so blah blah. You, but it was a good setup on, for blah blah blah. And I'm like, can you? If you want to stay on Jamie's good side, don't spoil. Don't take. Shit. Don't don't spoil things and don't take away dragon tea. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I ask. Yeah. Like I'm a low maintenance person. Don't yeah. spoil shit and don't. But yeah, mid midsummer is really good. The the anxiety that that they in the writing and it is so well so well done you just you can feel the emotion just through the screen it's so great um so that that kind of has an impact on on my what i'm writing right now Mm -hmm. um yeah what are you what are you most excited about in the future any projects in the horizon yeah i mean stream what we worked on in gettysburg uh what we filmed because we're we're like 90 percent done that i think that's going to be a good i think that's going to be a be a a hit uh, with the horror with the horror crowd um because there are some some big horror names in it um Mm. i'm not allowed to say who other than jeffrey combs who was in reanimator but i'm not allowed to say the any other names okay we won't. We won't. If you right. do it by accident. Right. No, I won't. I won't out. say any names. But yeah. So I <laughs> think like you will lose control of your ability to speak and you just start yeah. naming names. Because like Terrifier has such a cult following. And, and this I know like this has potential for franchise. And it's just such a great spin on like like it's like a contemporary view on 80s slasher. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it's yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. Sounds awesome. Um, and then, yeah, the next next two weeks, a week and a half from now, I'll be sh- in uh, Bethlehem shooting another film that I'll be ADing, mm-hmm. not not shooting it. But so I'm excited for that. And then, um, yeah, I my goal was to finish my feature writing my feature by. Uh, I wouldn't set goals with writing. I've tried. You know what? Yeah, Here's the thing. It's hard. Just, just, it's hard. I. I'm letting it take as long as it needs. I started this thing. I'm going to probably I'm going to be sending you 
uh, back in, um, I started it back in, what was it? Uh, last year. No, not last. No, I started the short film I wrote in 2019 or no. Yeah. 29, early in 2019. So, and then I started writing at the begin the beginning of 2020 thinking I'd get it done earlier, like later in that year, mm-hmm. I'm still writing it. Um, I, I've, I've actually, I, I realized I had to reinvent my writing process to do it and start from the beginning or not start from the beginning, but rewrite from the beginning a little bit. And mm-hmm. then, and that took a while um, because I realized like I, I went a while without feedback and I did the mistake I make where I don't get feedback and I, I don't realize that I'm doing something glaringly wrong. And so I, uh, so I, I did that. And then I, now, now it feels like I saved it from destruction from my, my, me putting, putting it through destruction by doing the wrong thing. Um, but sorry, yeah, I, you're good. I have an idea What's up? for the film I'm working on. Something sparked Go for it. a write thought. It so I have to write it down right now. Write sorry it, to be it. like, no, I believe in that. You have to, what was going to add? Um, but yeah, also I'm, I'm, so I'm working on that, that feature film. And then I'm also Perfect. working on a world war two film that I plan to make. Oh, nice. World war two. <laughs> I will fund that one myself. I'm gonna like, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure everybody gets paid for that one. I know that for a fact. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a huge to. advocate for um, paying your cast and crew. I feel like, I mean, um, you know, I'm open to being convinced to change my stance on this, but like the first feature film I do, this, this, I, I've been thinking about this. It's the the one where the 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 boys becoming men mm-hmm. in, in a world run by devout feminists. It, I feel like that one. I can get away with for like, like I, I really, I kind of want to do that one. Like I do my, everything else I've done so far volunteer th- basis. I could be changed on that, but I like, I want to know that if my career goes to shit <laughs> or something, I can always do that. Or, but also I'll learn new ways of, of being able to get away with a small budget. Um, for that next feature film and you know it'll basically it'll become fuel to the fire to come up with inventive ways of doing things that produce results that look like i want to see if i can make a feature film that actually goes somewhere and do it for like like a few thousand dollars and probably that'll be spent on on things where I there's no possible way of of getting around like 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 getting it for free. I don't know. I that's been my thought. Pro- you know what? If you think I'm I'm a piece of shit for thinking that, I don't think you're a piece of shit. I think I think a lot of people think that. I yeah. think a lot of people think like that they can do things for very little money. I can tell you that when when my when i'm finished with my feature and i want to move it into the production stage i definitely want to have funding Mm -hmm. like like a lot like i want to i won't do it for less than like two hundred thousand dollars because i want it to be as good as possible um and i know a lot of my own money is going to go into it of course but i want to get investors involved and get like certain certain names involved so that people are more inclined to want to want to invest in it but it's hard to do i mean densmore alone is an 11 minute film and that costs six thousand dollars really yeah Yeah. i mean between and and eric and i didn't 
take any like we didn't pay yeah. ourselves i didn't pay him to act and and he didn't pay me to shoot it and you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like so no one no one got paid other what, than what mainly what goes in is that, that's mainly crew that's like or and then also you had to lodge the people you had, you had to pay for like lodging and, and people didn't. so when when we went out to dunsmore in kansas it was just eric and i okay so which was what, where, incredibly where budget, challenging where does the budget go if that if that i don't mean to be offensive in that question no no but no, not like, at all so that uh, that's the that's the hang up for me i've learned how to do things for low budget and and make it look decent but i pull a lot of favors and i i realize you know i feel guilty about that and i i feel like but i feel like at the same time you know I, I might like I, I'm 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 hung up on it whether I want to do my next feature my first feature film for like like like, like you know do you know go the whole route of, of 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 funding and whatnot but it's I don't know I a lot of the a lot of the um, budget for Densmore went to production and then post production so production as far as getting to Densmore and then lodging mm -hmm. and then flying back from Densmore yeah. um, plus like the rental car and everything but then also um, shooting the office scenes like paying for crew like our sound person our post-production sound person yeah. which we ended up having two post-production sound people um, the score um, our composer who is a freaking amazing dude and our visual effects guy who also is another he's a magician like he's amazing both of those people I will forever recommend but yeah like i mean i'm i'm big into paying your cast and crew because even if it's a little like i like for das yeah the the actress in it i mean eric acted in that for for free and the actress Erilyn, the little girl in it she came from new jersey for like 75 dollars to act in that even though it was yeah. like a like a one day like a five hour shoot like yeah. that's like that's nothing. Seventy five dollars is nothing. <laughs> like if I if I pay people for my first feature film, how much do you think I should pay cast for like a like like a like for for would it be non union? Non union. I think it depends. I mean, typically, I I try to pay. It it it, dep it it depends so much on your like, on your length of day. Are you going to be doing twelve hour days, sixteen hour days, eight hour days? Let's go with an eight-hour day for now. An eight-hour day. I mean, I, I would think at least like one fifty, depending yeah. where they're coming from. Well, I from. was thinking it would probably have to be two hundred. It honestly. depends because like SAG ultra low budget is one twenty-five, I believe, and yeah. don't quote me on that. I could be incorrect, but okay. so I, I typically pay for like a one-day shoot that's like eight hours. Um, I'll typically pay between like 150 and 200, depending on like the actor and what's involved and travel and everything. Yeah, yeah I have to. I mean, I, I I'll I'll find out more about like what it's going to cost to make the film, but you know, I mean, and then but then it's like the people I work with and the way I reward people is like I work Exposure. with them again. No, I work with them again, <laughs> and I I bring them on to projects like that again, and 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 then eventually like we will be working on projects together. Like like I treat them like my my De Niro, or mm -hmm. or you know that's why like I work with Darlene so much, and I I also enjoy working with her. I I, I got you. Yeah, you I'm, work with the same people that I'm you currently vibe surrounding with. myself with people who, and, and and I find that it's it's they're writers as well, and that's a big thing. 
they're all writers and they're also people I can have like hour long or more conversations with easily. Like when we first talked on the phone, I was like, I asked you to be my DP. But plus, plus one of the reasons was because I was like, this is somebody I can talk to easily. Mm -hmm. And I just like the rest of them. And if I can and, and I know if I connect really well with the, these people, they often connect really well with each other, too. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's creating this dynamic on set that is unlike anything. And, and it's like like it's it's a very filtered process. But like the people who make it through that filter and of, of you know, and, and, and they work together like it's it's. It's like a, it's like the, 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 it's like the basketball dream team or something, you right? Know? Like the you got 18. all the best basketball players, like in the Olympics, like whatever is the, the, not with the, what was it, with with Michael Jordan, all those people, Scottie Pippen. I watched that documentary or something on. A, I'm not a sports the last, person. The Last Dance. I, I'm not either, <laughs> but I watched the documentary, The Last Dance, and even though you know I heard Ken's burn, Ken Burns shit on it because it wasn't, you know, it was under, it was, you know overlooked by michael jordan's production company like i still liked it because it had his perspective i wanted the winner's perspective and we got it <laughs> like, like, i don't even know what documentary you're talking about the last so. dance on netflix it's, got it's you, 10 got I'll, I'll, I'll message you um but it's basically you know uh so i'll ask you a few more questions and then uh, i'll get you out of here i'm so sorry for you're fine keeping you longer <laughs> my um, dog's probably like where are you roof, roof. <laughs> Um, <laughs> did you grow up watching Dexter? And the reason I ask is because, or, or uh, I watched have... Dexter for the first time during quarantine, mm -hmm. all seven seasons during quarantine. We like binged it. I'd never seen it before mm -hmm. 2020. Okay. Why? Well, because I noticed some characters, I guess now that you mentioned it, it's, it's like recent things. Like, like, was it too good to be? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that inspired by that at all? That, I don't know. So Eric wrote that. Uh, okay. I just ended up shooting it. Um, he wrote that. So you'd have to ask him what his inspiration was for that. I'm having him on the podcast that. soon. Are you? Good, yeah. I, I talked to him. I was like, yo, I was, I've been talking to him because he, he posted about that that uh, deer thing that he po did or something. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I was messaging about that. And, uh, and then we just kept talking. And then I'm like, oh, do you want to come on the podcast sometime? Because I was like, I was like, oh, I, I never asked him. So I was like. I gotta, yeah, definitely. Because he, he has his own. He's, you know, writing his own stuff and everything. Awesome. When you, so. Oh, I, there's no way I can not ask this. When you guys, you guys write things together a lot, right? We have. We haven't as much recently. Yeah. When you do write together, what does that process look like? Um, we basically would like just... God, it's been a while. What, what would we do? when? Because I'm trying to think back to like Densmore. You, I mean, are you in the Dens same room Densmore, writing together? Yeah, Densmore was really the thing that, like we, the that we wrote together. Yeah. Everything else has kind of been like mine or his. At, mm. or in like, we, like Doss was mine. Um, like I came up like with that idea mm -hmm. while I was like at the gym. And then like Too yeah. Good To Be was hit. Totally his idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he... Densmore is really the only thing that we wrote together, unless I'm forgetting. What's something? that like? What was it like? Writing with a, a co-writer. I've never done that personally, or somebody that I could, I, that could keep up with what I, I'm trying to write. Um, <laughs> Say the nicely. <laughs> it was one of those things where, like, you know, you would give an idea, and then like you get honest feedback, and so you kind of have to take that as it is, and and yeah. try to not take that personally, obviously. Yeah. Um, which can be challenging in certain aspects. Well, the re uh, other thing is, though, it's like when you're writing, I, I feel like writing is is but then the Cohen brothers do write together and but they also have like 
they're of their, their genetics are the same so their brains are probably thinking the same yeah well one way. of the eric and i i mean we still we still work together uh pretty frequently because we do sort of you know navigate things the same way as yeah. far as like our creative visions but it's like it the the reason i uh, i ask is like deep work is like for me to do deep writing or, or deep work or read any kind and that's being entirely focused no distractions no talking to anybody no interacting with anybody i'll take a power nap before i a 20 minute power nap every time before i'm gonna go write mm -hmm. or a couple just if i'm not feeling you know just to get me into the mode and and give me the energy and one from from that power nap to writing i don't talk to anybody i don't interact with anybody if i do i have to take another power nap like i, I like because what results in that when i have when i do that right i have such focus mm -hmm. i all notifications are off now if i was writing with somebody else i don't know how that would work i'd have to reinvent the way i write to make that work because it's like you're you're then introducing interactions and and you're taking yourself out of a deep state of creativity like there's a book called deep work by cal newport i think it's called because his name is and it's it goes into this it goes into the science of creativity and and what happens to the body and the brain as you're in a state of deep work i'll write i'll, I'll send that to you the the information because it, it changed everything for me when i read that book i then took writing and everything i do more seriously understood and it he even talks about you can't do more than four hours yeah i mean yeah. and and we we wouldn't do i don't think we, at, in one session i don't think we would ever really do more than four hours but co-writing something you have another perspective like yeah. You have to. You understand, can also get like, that with feedback. But, you can, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and essentially, it is feedback, but it's right. It's immediate. It's immediate, and like hmm. you have to. Um, maybe you get you get. Maybe it's like two people, two writers get in sync with each other. Yeah, but also it's kind of good if you're not perfectly in sync because it offers a different perspective. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like you only know what you know. Like you don't know everything about everything, yeah. or or you like or else That's you know. Sometime. So it's yeah it's it's yeah. it's nice when you're in the same in sync with the like you're on the same path but your minds are different enough that you can offer yeah, different yeah. perspectives yeah that's something that uh like i heard people mention about like the coen brothers it's like when you say something like out loud that's when you really know what it how it is or what it mm -hmm. is and and i feel that when i'm when i actually i have to pitch ideas before i write them I come up with the idea, flesh it out enough that I feel confident, and because once I pitch it, then it, it usually comes solid. Mm -hmm. And 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 same with writing. Um, but like I'll I'll pitch the idea, like this idea the I told you about the film. Um, actually, let me give you the full ex the full uh, uh thing for it. Where is my phone? I brought it down here. Um, well, I guess that's that's eighty six. Um, can you send it to me? Yeah, I'll just I'll text it to you later. But it basically it's like I. I, uh, I, I, I had the idea and I was like, this is terrible. There's no way you could do this or I could do this. Or like, it's so like, it, it's gonna like in this day and age, in this like culture where there, where people are just, you know, outraged by everything. It's not gonna like, like, I don't know if I want to be on the brunt end of that. And it's like, I mean, I don't know if it will, but mm. it's, it's that kind of thing where I'm like, I didn't I never would have even thought to do it until I actually pitched it to some people and I told them the full idea and they were like, you have to. Mm -hmm. I, I sent the script to some people and they're like, dude, 
you cannot, we're not going to let you live it down if you don't make this. And I'm like, I've never had that happen before where I actually had an idea where people wanted me to make it more than I did. <laughs> but no, I, now I'm super excited to make it because of all the time I've spent and, and, and really, and where we've gotten it to. And uh, I feel like it's going to be, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be great and it's going to be super funny. Like, like if you, if you enjoyed that, don't like a people storm area 51 thing, like <laughs> this is, this is f like probably i don't know what years ahead of that i mean just yeah. in terms of it's every scene has punchline after punchline but it but in a way where it doesn't distract from the, the the drama of what's going on it's it's this blend i've had to find i i write 20 drafts before a scene's done right you know um but i don't know it's i'll let, I'll let you decide what it is when you or how good it is when you, read it. Um, <laughs> you might be like oh this is, ta this is a terrible time. fuck this guy <laughs> I have two questions. Can I ask both of them? Yes. Um, your parting advice for becoming a better filmmaker, photographer, or anything really, or person? Anything. Oh, don't don't stop learning. Mm -hmm. Don't ever stop learning. Don't assume you know everything. Yeah. Do you have any? No. No. The other question is. I like that. By the way, <laughs> the other question is. Do you have any questions for me? <laughs> <laughs> no because, because if i do we're gonna be here another three hours oh damn all right but i think you i think you explained a lot about your films and your projects yeah. and everything we got we gotta do this again sometime if we, you're okay with it or if you're, you're down for it oh yeah I, when i, I have like more time I, there's yeah. so many other questions i wanted to ask oh i'm sorry no i i should have i should have messaged you and said hey do you want to like meet sooner just in or but then again you were you were working before you came i was working yeah i, I was working anything then yeah and i i i have a, yeah, no, a call with my composer and my sound guy okay so i need to all right, make well, sure that i don't take up too much of their time so this has been Tom Profit Take Ten or Take X with Jamie. We'll call. It, I don't know which do you want it to be. Take Ten or Take X. I I don't ten, have we'll, a we'll, preference. We'll, we'll just keep it Take Ten. Um, I'm just thinking about the iPhone X. Um, but no. Um, basically, where where can they reach you or or not reach you, but or or if you want to be reached, uh, where can they find you and follow you on social media? And I'll I'll ta I'll put it on the screen and probably put it in the description. Sure. So, um, my my company's JFR Media, so they can just follow JFR Media What's on the, Instagram. Is your middle name with with start with an F? Is that what it is? Your initials? Kind of. What's the middle? Like I asked what the middle name is. <laughs> oh, this is a story. Um, yeah. So, uh, it's not just like Jamie, my, Jamie fucking root. Like it like, is. Like it is. It, well, it's not, but it is. <laughs> so my middle name, my middle name doesn't begin with an F. But when I was in high school my uh my friend and i for an economics class we had to create a a company so we came up with jfr records which was uh, our okay. production which was our record company for this class and that stood for jamie fucking root records um and then it just stuck and like when i was in college like i was known as like jfr like like well, jamie okay. fucking root so when i made my company uh, i was like Jamie F. Root. I was like, JFR Media. I'm going to do that. And yeah. Yeah, I dig it. It, it, went, it went. Oh, that's what the crown is? The crown. <laughs> yeah. All right. Royalty here. <laughs> Jamie Fucking <Beckett>. Queen. <laughs> uh, I like uh, the crown because it's simple and it's geometric and it's like, I. I 
Yeah, back in high school for me, it was like I, I came up with like the profitable as like a, a name for. Yeah, Instagram. yeah, I remember you saying that. And then, uh, yeah, and then everybody was like, "Oh, that's good." And then they just, yeah, like it's it sticks. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, I tried, I tried going with something different because I didn't want to. I I wanted to separate myself from what I did in high school. I went with nonprofit films, but that was a terrible fucking idea. I had to change that company name. Oh wow! Because it's like everybody thinks you're a nonprofit. Then. Yeah. I was like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. I need to eat. That could come back and bite you. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so they'll find you on. Uh, jfr media and then uh my personal one is at jf root mm -hmm. so jf root what is the other thing i'm actually surprised that it was you it literally started because it wasn't your nick your middle name it was jamie fucking root that's actually funny i yeah. was just joking about that i didn't know it really is yeah jamie fucking root <laughs> I, was, I was gonna save that to the end of the conversation just so like in case it just in like, case you were wrong or in no, case i was I, like no, heavily I offended it, by I it think, <laughs> i didn't even think that it was possible that that was what that's it was funny. but i was like i don't want to you know make a dumb joke and then set the conversation weird the rest of no. if that hap if that happens it's like yeah just but it throws off the tone no yeah. i got you um cool. and then uh microfilm or, or microfilm horrors micro horrors yeah i haven't updated that one in a while so but if anyone wants to submit any Do you 60 act in second that thing i pitched and what thing that you the, pitched the the one where where you know the filmmaker comes to <laughs> filmmaker comes oh to, sorry there was a there was a the fuzzy. filmmaker get, gets back from a film shoot no i don't want to act in that because i don't what? act you'll be great i'll direct you it'll be fine no i don't sure? act all right well Ugh. i have somebody else in mind for that so we can we, we or like like the just as backup there you, you know go. um there but uh yeah um so uh also i was gonna mention uh do you have like a YouTube for the micro horror films or something? I don't have a YouTube for it yeah. um, because I was I was strictly kind of having it on Instagram. Yeah. That's why it's 60 seconds. I recently got into TikTok because <laughs> I'm, I, I've been trying to I hate it. Every time I go on the homepage, I get sickened by the things I see. See, I can't because I don't have I'm afraid I'd get sucked in and I can't I, allow not, that. I, don't think <laughs> I, I might get sucked in, but I, I honestly I'm just doing it because I'm like, People who have a following have like 80 million followers on there and then 20 million followers on Instagram. Yeah. All right. So I might want to give a look at that. Yeah. I recently posted something I did a while ago. The one I actually the micro horror film I did for for you guys. Mm -hmm. It was it ended up getting like 300 something views. And I was like, OK, well, I guess I'll keep posting on there. And yeah, I mean, you can get that on Instagram, too, yeah. though. Like oh, I, yeah. I posted a drone reel on my JFR account and it got like 5000 views in like a couple days. Jeez. Like you can you can yeah. do that on you can do it on on Instagram. Just yeah. But I, I can it's like this. diversifying your portfolio a bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try that. But uh, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the thank podcast. Thank you for having and, me. Uh, well, uh, go follow her. She's great. Uh, <laughs> follow me, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's that's uh i think that's a wrap let me awesome. just clap one more time I, I did that at the beginning i think yeah, yeah. we both clapped in the yeah beginning. yeah all right so thanks for thank coming. you that's a wrap awesome thanks for listening or watching hope you enjoyed this podcast for notes and links to things mentioned on the show my films the video version of the podcast or select the clips from each episode go to profitableproductions.com backslash podcast profitable is spelled like my name with two f's two t's also, for updates on future episodes, follow me on Instagram at TomProfitTake and at Profitable Productions. Thanks again. Catch you on the next take.